Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. are back with HS part three. Hey y'all, it's Girl That's Scary. It's Jazz 40 Ounce Connoisseur and it's Cat Daddy and we have a lovely, super kawaii cool guest. Please, wonderful guest, tell everyone about yourself and everything about you. Well, hey y'all, I am Ashley. I am a teaching artist. I am a facilitator of education. I'm coming at y'all from Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. With my homegirl, Sasha Valore, the cat. Yes. Um, she is over there on the floor right now. Ain't paying me no mind. But hey. <laughs> um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Girl That's Scary. I'm so glad to be here on the pod today with the fam. We gonna pull up, y'all, and we gonna talk our shit. So you ain't ready. Oh, I'm excited. Um, first of all, yeah, shout out to Richmond. I'm from Richmond, 804. We in this ah. thing. Um, <laughs> ain't nothing like a Richmond girl. Anyway. Hey, uh, hey, ah. So we are talking to you guys about AHS part three. So this includes cult, um, apocalypse. And 1984. And then when season 10 comes out, it is in the works. They showed like a beach, some kind of, I don't know what the fuck. I'm so glad we're talking about that. Uh, Because I was thinking about that and American Horror Stories that's been Mm. on my spirit. Okay. But we won't, um, we won't have to cram three into one episode. We can just spend the episode talking about season 10. Okay. Well, before we dive in, Ashley, what is your favorite horror movie, horror genre, subgenre, like what tell everybody about yourself. Oh my gosh. Well it's so funny because um I, I was thinking about this today. Like I don't I don't consider myself okay. Okay. I don't consider myself a quote unquote like horror stan. Like I'm I'm one of those people like I I love psychological shit. Like I love um uh character driven story and like plot based story and like 
really fascinating characters. And the first thing, so I will say that like, uh, for me, like if I am going to watch a horror movie, it's got to be like around that sort of scenario. Like, uh, so like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, I'm a huge fan of the Scream franchise, which by the way, uh, Scream 5 and the most recent Halloween, Halloween, whatever the fuck, however many, 18, however many, idiot, uh, was filmed in my hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where I'm originally from. Um, so Scream 5 and uh, the new Halloween movie were filmed in my hometown. So, like, I've grown up with, like, the Scream series, the craft, like, 90s, uh, you know, that kind of deal. So I guess, I guess for me, like, if anything, I would say that that's, that's kind of where I live. Like, I, I'm not all up in the, um, <clears throat> I'm not all up in like the, 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 I don't, I don't really fuck too much with like the demon possession stuff just because okay. like that kind of, that's a little much for me. Um, but I, I don't really do, uh, I also don't do like, uh, like gore like i can't i can't be doing any of that which which is so funny because i love american horror story and like mm-hmm. they be chopping chopping your ass up in in the, on the on the screen in the business but um somehow it's like mm-hmm. it's like more i'm so like sucked into the story for american mm-hmm. horror story that like that like the 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 slashery stuff like i can like compartmentalize it it's really it's kind of weird but I would say that that so far, like my my genre is like Scream, The Craft, um, you know, uh, the original Halloween and like mm-hmm. stuff like, yeah. Okay, okay, these movies we enjoy as well. So yes, yeah, so it's like, um, yes. so it's like okay, psychological, <laughs> character driven, and you know, I think uh, that- shout out to the original, The Stand, by the way, the original, not oh. this other. That is not. Um, I read The Stand last year. Have y'all read it? I have we not have yet. not. You know, I have a love hate relationship with Stephen King, man. I love those books and I love those movies, but I am tired mm-hmm. of being called the N word every time I open up a book. It's a bit. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm reading Christine right now, and man, it is like all the first. Is, yeah, he he's it. Mm-hmm. It gets mm-hmm. real, um, real racist in there. It gets real racist, and like, and uh, I was reading it recently, oh, and God. I'm about, I'm about halfway through it. Well, first of all, that book is damn near a thousand pages long. I'm like, fuck, I just got done reading the damn stand. It was like eleven hundred pages and all this shit, and I'm halfway through it, and I'm like, okay, I know we talk about American Horror Story, but let me, mm-hmm. let me just, we just gonna talk about that real quick. No, this that, is fine. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. That um with it, there's this whole like queer bashing, gay bashing thing that happens. Like one of the kids is like his fear is like sexual trauma. So like the like it, the clown, the fear is uh based around like a homeless man who's trying to like molest him and stuff it gets like it gets real like g- gay like gay queer bashy yeah. and like you know shit like that and i'm just kind of like do i need like do i need that is that 
Is that something that I need? I don't think so. Like, you don't I don't need books. <laughs> the beginning of it is like a whole like hate crime. Like, I just want to cry. Yeah, he, it's like homophobia yeah. throughout the books because I'm like Salem's Lot didn't say the N word, but there was a whole lot of you it was know, a lot it was of so homophobia. Just mm-hmm. the characters themselves. And I know that the characters are these, you know, Southern, not Southern, but they're these people who live in Maine in the country. Of course, they're homophobic. Of course, they're racist. It's just casual. But when you're like, this I'll be feeling. I know y'all probably feel mm-hmm. the same way, too. I'm opening the book. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to read about <laughs> vampires or somebody yeah. listen to wild shit. Let's go. Five pages in. Hard like, Hey, what the hell? Five pages <laughs> in. Other Did F-word. you say, wait, wait, wait. Jazz, did you say hard E-R? I said, yeah, I said hard ER. It's uh, a hard ER and then the other F word. And I'm like, this is too much. It's hard to read. Too much. And I listen to audiobooks. Much, <laughs> Steven. Speaking of clowns, Joe, mm. we got some clowns up in this cult, man. Oh, okay. my God. Okay, we got some clowns up in here. They are scary. Uh, they are fucking scary. So, cult and of guys, of course, here's our alert. Burn, 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 burn. Burn, burn, burn. Mm-hmm. Um, cult starts off with election night, which is one of the reasons why when it first came out, mm-hmm. I did not watch mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that shit. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, yeah, go, no, go ahead, Ashley. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I saw that shit when it first mm. when it first came out, and I saw that we were doing the election shit. I'm I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Um. Because we owning our shit in 2021, okay? So, um, we owning our shit and we're going to speak to it. And we're going to speak to the truth of the moment and the situation. A lot of cult for me, I had to skip around. I'm going to be real real with y'all. We're going to keep it 100 because we're family in here. And a lot of that shit was real triggering for me. So, I had to like skippity skip skip around some shit. Because I was like, that that first episode where you see her, when our girl... Because we just talked about this, but you know that um, our girl, Sarah, the motherfucking Paulson, go st- yes. she's going to stay two things. She's going to stay in a wig, and she's going to stay with that crying. And number three, she's going to get that check. So, but, you know, that first scene where she's, it's election night, and she's like, <gasps> she like, can't believe, I'm like, oh, God, girl, my stomach was like. Oh, it took me right there. I was like, oh, okay. I wanted to vomit. I like when I was watching this in real time because I like Jazz usually watches the show with me, um, or she'll like check in and out on certain episodes if she doesn't pull up all at the you know because I'm here, okay, every week. Um, But when this came on, I little I was sick because I was just like, okay, it's too soon. Like, because we're actively living, <laughs> like, I'm living, living in it. Yes, it yes. Just fucking happened. Like, we just had got what? Like, we're into what, 200 days now? Because the president hit the presidency at what just started. We were like a year into it or some shit. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, man. Like, so we restarted hell over. Mm-hmm. I was in 1408. Like, we just be good. We're starting over again. This is too much. So when Sarah Paulson started crying, I was sick to my stomach because, bitch, I want to cry too. We were living in hell. Mm-hmm. We still living in hell right now, but we was living in big hell. Like <laughs> I, oh my god, big it, hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
the fact that I was because that's what like I didn't watch it so I could just check in. But she's crying. Then they arguing like, "Bitch, you should have fucking voted your asses at the fucking bookstore reading books, bitch." Then they turning on each other. They was like, "Why the fuck would you do that?" Then they was like, "Bitch, you voted for Jill Stein." Now they arguing in the house. Okay. Bitch, now, when they said Jill Stein, I about <laughs> fell out on the floor. I was like, ah! <laughs> It was so real because this was really happening. For like the first year, everyone like and think about like your circles. I don't know about my circle, but other people's circles and stuff. And <laughs> just looking over yonder and seeing other people talk about their circles, you should have voted for this person. You should have did that. Honestly, I would want to punch you in the face because you know, God, who Jill Stein? Her, she was she was filthy with the money. I'm a slap fire from you. What Girl, is wrong with I you? worked <laughs> at a call center when on um, in the it, during that election cycle. And I worked with two women, two white, I didn't even have to say they were white because you already done know that they was white. Um, two white women who were all up on the Trump train. And me and my little, my little pod up over here was the Hillary train. And now I will say this. When we get up, we got up on the Hillary train and we were real cocky about it. I, I was I was the person like I mean of course I voted for her in the in the primary I voted for her in the general and like all this shit and like had the Hillary stickers on my car and like all this stuff I was going in I was in it I was in it I was in it I was in it and then election night happened and it was like I woke up the next morning and I could not go to work. I could not get out of the bed because I was just so everything felt so heavy in my spirit and um, I remember that the next day when I did go back to work I had a, a friend who was like who was kind of like a Bernie bro like he was very like that but he was so cute y'all let me tell God <laughs> let me t look this boy that I work with, I okay. This boy that I work with up at this call center, he was so sweet. He didn't say a word to me. He, I came in and I sat down at my thing, and I put my little headset on. And this boy came over there and gave me the biggest hug, and just was like, he didn't say a word. Just was he was like, you know, I just could tell that he was like, I know that you, you know, need some support right now. Mm. He was my he was my work he was my work baby my work baby. all right all right but anyway but how, okay but how come them other bitches all them other the Changs and all them other bitches and um fucking Ivy that okay yeah. we gonna get into it Ivy so everybody's pissed and arguing but down the street we have Kai. Who is humping the TV, putting Cheetos in the fucking blender, rubbing them on his face. He is turned the fuck up. He's like, hey, he in here making pinky promises with his sister Winter. It's a whole lot going the fuck on in here. And I'm like, wait a minute. You are a little too excited for all this. And the gag is that motherfucker is a fraud anyway because he's not even a Trump supporter. He's an opportunist. That's what he really is. Okay. Um, but aren't, don't they go hand in hand though? Mm, well... Because he's also an opportunist. I would just like to say, on a positive note, Evan Peters played like 50... It's usually Sarah Paulson playing a thousand people in one season. But Evan Peters says, Sarah, 
hold my purse. <laughs> I am going to He said, I'm going to get this check today. Yes. <laughs> I'm about to be Kai. I'm about to be, what is the name? Jim Jones. Andy Jim Warhol. Jones. Andy Warhol. Man. Like, I'm getting this money. Oh. I was like, okay. I also um did not like Kai, Kai as a character. So shout out to you, Ryan Murphy, for making a shitball character that really would make my stomach turn. So you did what you came to do. Um, but what I did like is Kai's hair color choice. Um, <laughs> because I too like to keep my hair blue. So that was pretty much it. I, I was here for the high bun because I just pictured it was just Evan Peters, not shitball Kai. Let me tell you something about that boy, Evan <laughs> Peters. That man could get every bit of it. I don't care. It, I don't, you want to sp- I don't care daddy you can do whatever you want honey mm. you can spit on me I don't I'm just saying yeah look look <laughs> I am a okay I know we talking some stuff I'm a, I am a big old queen honey and let me just tell you you could get all of this thick gum thickness up in here because no, I didn't say Kai now. Notice how I didn't be saying the characters, but Evan Peters himself, honey. Okay. I don't know where you are, what you're doing, baby. I know you got Emma Roberts, and then maybe you don't have her, and now they broke up. I don't give a damn, but he could get it if he wanted it. Okay, that's all I'm saying. You can't see me, but I am not an Maybe one day he might hear it and be like, you know what? He need be, whoever, somebody listening right now. Pass, Pass the law. Listen, <laughs> baby, I can cook. I can clean. I can um, make you a house at a home, honey. Let's I'm, I'm out clean. Don't smell like on your brain. That's exactly what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. I need P E N D N T. Wait, did I smell that right? No, I can't spell. Never mind. Let me That's know. okay. No one's judging you here. This is a judgment free zone. Like, we are having that. a kiki up in here. I'm telling you, y'all, who are listening, you ain't ready. Because this is, you think this is it? We ain't even into it yet. So <sighs> we, we do. Go ahead. We have it because you know what? Kai is actually turned up and he's like, I'm taking this opportunity to run for city council. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this opportunity to create trouble. I see no trouble. I'm here to create some. He goes and like pisses off these Latino men and they literally beat his ass because beat he's like throwing the piss at them and shit. Get out of him. And I'm like, okay, you better work. You better do it. Yeah. Oh, spend it on him. See, 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 then, then the people going to be slick. Cause see, then, then you get that camera angle where you see somebody filming it and you're like, the fuck is it? Right. Now the perception is there were a group of Latino men who were jumping this white man. Mm-hmm. And we already know, oh, this poor man, he's getting his ass beat, but no one knew what was happening. The moment before. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it was just, you know, chaos. Just the chaos level increased throughout the season. And honestly, it reached maximum peak at the middle of the season. In true American Horror Story fashion, before it shits the bed. Yes. Not only this, we have people voting, you know, without an arm. We have, well, I don't know if it's sex season, but, well, whatever. Not sex season, but, like, second episode, whatever. People are, like, Kai is, like, cre- really creating chaos on individual levels first. He's pulling up to people he knows he can manipulate. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's like, no, you really want this? This is what you need to do. You need to cut your arm off. What? Like, you could have just got him some help. Like, <laughs> he's like almost every cult leader. Like, and then you show him, I mean, throughout the season, like how he starts, um, you know, thinking about and glamorizing and reminiscing on the different type of cult leaders that he is like 
gotten his inspiration from. But he, you know, he ha he has the checklist. He's very um, impressionable. Uh, he's able to like, you know, he's very likable. Mm -hmm. um, he has a way with words. You know, he's gotten into it, makes you feel comfortable. He makes you feel like you're in a home. He starts like brainwashing you how low key, then it turns up the high key. Like he hits all the checkpoints. It's, it's I was, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it amazes me that like, first of all, the, the cult thing, like that whole aspect of this is like supremely my shit because I'm like, mm -hmm. This is fucking that. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. We can. Yeah, we yeah, can. Yeah. Okay. Um, we can. Uh, all right. So, um, but yeah, that's supremely my shit because I'm like, this is fucking fascinating. Like, I, like I'm so interested in the psychology and like the sociology of like the the control thing. I think it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, so like he, you know, he he. Uh, start small and he and he knows you know he's not stupid this is not a stupid person this is not somebody these people who do this shit are incredibly smart which we see the whole all of the threads that connect right jim jones and david koresh and marshall herf applewhite which by the way y'all shout out big shout out to um heaven's gate podcast it's an old, I don't know if y'all have listened to that, but it's it's an old, I, an old one. Have you listened to it? I have not, but I'm leaning all the way in because I do, um, as I pull the sheet back and reveal that I also like to study on people who worship the occult and the cults and stuff like that. So Heaven's Gate podcast, they talk about the Heaven's Gate situation. Oh, yes, child. It is a deep dive up into the Heaven's Gate deal and the host um i cannot think of his name right now he's wonderful um but the host was in a cult and wow. so he was in a cult uh of uh it's um it's a uh it's a it's like a christian extremism cult his thing and 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 he uh sort of study this is sort of his deal right so he like studies all this stuff yeah and it's called heaven's gate podcast it's a whole big old deep dive about marshall herf apple right white uh and um bonnie lou nettles who are uh t and doe or their like code names and shit which you which you come to find out obviously you learn more because uh evan plays uh marsh marshall herf apple white at some point in in cult mm -hmm. Um, we see him uh, play that character. It's just, it's just really interesting. And the whole thing that I think for me is like, because this is the whole thing, right? Uh, talking about the Trump thing. Like, this is the whole thing talking about. Uh, I mean, we were seeing it. We just fucking saw it. You know what I mean? But it's this whole deal about like, I have an issue when people say brainwashed, mm -hmm. because to me. Personally, and this is just me, um, speak only for myself, but to me, it is a willful uh, choice to turn your mind off. Brain brainwashing to me sounds passive, and I don't, and I don't think it's passive. I think it's active. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, we're walking with you. Yeah. yeah. You can't see us. We're literally just like, not yes. Not even <laughs> closer and closer. <laughs> to the like, yes. But yeah, no, I definitely get that. Unless, except for when it's coming to children. But adults, um, because adults, like, you had your brain on and then you turn it off. The kids turn, they program the kids' brains from jump to believe whatever yeah. nonsense. But the adults, like, you have to, or some people are so broken down. I feel like cult leaders are smart in knowing who they can pick up. Some people are really, Who's, like, easy uh, so, yeah. to, like, absolutely morph into something. Yeah. Well, look what happens like, to poor Oz. Let's talk about this baby. First of all, Oz yeah. and cult, that kid actor is so good. Yeah, he is really He good. played the little boy in Haunted um, Hill House. Yes, yes, on Netflix. Um, the youngest child. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God, yes! And he was good on that too. The but. children, child actors are usually real shaky sometimes. And that's okay because, you know, we're used to watching stuff like the 90s and stuff. Blended. And the child actors. Have you, oh my God, have y'all seen Bly Manor? Not yet. Not I have yet. not. Oh my God, no, not yet. Oh, we need to we need to have like a group chat or something because you I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need some textular updates when you watch <laughs> that because that is my shit um and god damn it's good okay 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 Oz fabulous great actor uh, but also like Gaslit right and this is the thing this is why I don't fuck with Ivy. She fucking pours the gas on that shit and strikes a fucking match and says, burn, bitch. And I'm like, you know what? I don't fuck with you. See, because I see you. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Ivy was definitely on some... Because she first of all, she was fucking jealous that she didn't carry that baby, which is later revealed. And I mean, Sarah Paulson was was definitely going, my baby! She was pulling that stunt. However... Ivy needs to see a therapist and discuss, unpack her feelings about why you're so jealous when you're both parents. Also, also she could have discussed, you know, maybe it was her turn to carry if they decided to expand their family. Like, yeah. there are other solutions to this besides joining the call. And also, like, <laughs> and also, like, you a white woman, like, use your words, bitch. Like, get your therapy done. Like, you got the money. Talk about we going broke and had then the murder happened in there. She had to rebuy all the shit. She had to take a second mortgage out of my house. Bitch, you had the option to take a second mortgage. Thank you. First of Thank all, your credit is you, good. Mm-hmm. Let's start. You here. had some equity, <laughs> bitch. So like, don't even try to be playing all this bullshit. Oh well, I didn't have enough money and all oh, this and that. I fucking with you. I'm gonna need you to get money. Y'all can get an apartment. I'm sorry. Especially if it's killer clowns. Bitch, I will rent Ooh. immediately. Listen, what are you, what are you talking okay. about? Okay, speaking of clowns, and back on our friend Oz, you know, the most innocent one in all of this, because he they just pulled him in all kinds of bullshit. Um, this season gave us a direct tie, another direct tie to Freak Show, um, because Oz is under the covers at some point reading like a, ma- a horror magazine, uh-huh. and it's got Twisted the Clown on it. It's got Meep on there. It's got Jimmy on there. And I just thought that was real cool. Also, I like Freak Show. So that was... I just listened to... I listened to... I come up, Before coming on today, I re-listened to both of y'all's part one and part two. Um, mm. And I am all up in the Freak Show camp. I know everybody was all like, oh, this season's such a slow burn. I'm like, fuck y'all. Y'all don't know nothing about no plot-driven... Um, character-driven story shit. Like, all y'all yes. want people to be cut up and jacked up and all the time. We gonna get there, but damn. 
Frito was so good. Yes. Yeah. I rewatched it when we did that part because I, I hadn't watched it because I wasn't interested to be fair okay. and I didn't give it that chance and then I gave it a chance. I'm like, you know what? This had the most interesting like characters and stuff like that. Like I like they had all these backstories and reasons why they were all here in this camp with some other wild shit happening on the side. It is so of. sad. It is so it's, sad. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? Respect to um fucking freak show. Absolutely. Uh, but all disrespect to Asylum because I'm sorry, y'all. I couldn't <laughs> get with it. I I, they were, I I I mean it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but when they pulled out Anne Frank, I, 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 I know. Oh my god, you were so hot about. I was like, oh, Anne Frank was touching on the hotness of. Listen, I I don't know why I didn't like it so much, but it's just because what they did with it. I don't know. I don't. Well, talk know. about gaslighting, it's, right? Like that's a whole that's a whole part of yeah. that story, right? About how like literally every character. We got gaslighting in every season. Like, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But, like, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have Anne Frank. They have the part with Elizabeth Short when you do Murder House. Mm-hmm. And That's then they have that. Anastasia's story when we do, uh, when we talk about Apocalypse. Oh, my God. They oh, do this a lot. And I like how you attempt to, like, bring in some, like, a real-life historical mm-hmm. aspect, you know, to continue with that meta kind of feel and immerse the character or immerse the viewer and all that other fun stuff. But at the same time, like, you know, some of these people, can we just let them rest in yeah. peace? Or just a line, like, when people do Emmett Till, I get pissed. When oh, do Anne Frank, okay. I think we just need to once again read the room. Yeah, yeah. like, there's some... Read the room. Yeah. There's some stuff you can play with a little bit. Like, do with the face in the back of his head. Like, maybe a little bit you can play with that. Like, you play in cult, we play, well, I don't think they should play with Charles Man. They didn't even have to do all that. Lord. But, the, you know, talking about Jim Jones. Or I wonder if he was a jail up. Andy Warhol, I never knew that um, Lena Dunham went to shoot him. I ain't know Lena Dunham did all that. God damn. <laughs> I know she's somebody else, but as soon as I saw Lena I'm Dunham. I'm crying, because well, first of all, I don't, I don't really care for her character. Lena Dunham, and I'm gonna leave my <laughs> sentence right there, and that's not a positive sentence. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so with you on that, and I, I am... You wanna... T- okay. Um, we ain't gonna go there, because I could say some shit about her and like how I feel about her that would uh, makes people not not very happy. So we go Lena Dunham, period. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she's playing the woman. Uh, no, I'm gonna give full respect on the other woman, Valerie Solanas. Yes, because they came up with the scum manifesto and mm-hmm. shit. So you have the women like fuck these men, and I'm like, yes, girl. But then also they're like killing all these people, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's always one person that got to take us to the next level. I say that shit all the time. Yep. Too far. Somebody got to. Somebody's got to do something, and it's like pump your brakes, sister. Like you are up. You are all up in it. Oh, right. Let's follow the program. What did it say on the programs we handed out today? Let's just figure out what we need to do. <laughs> what were the notes yeah. that were supposed to happen? Oh, okay. Itinerary. Yes. <laughs> like, you we were going over here like, okay, I just, now, I didn't going know that ham. this woman like, going really ham. Like, 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 <laughs> like, fucking, fucking, chopping your shit up. Like, chopping your shit up and getting the clowns and like, we doing all this and we banging and all this stuff. And I'm like, damn, I'm a, you need to slow your roll, girl. I don't know what you need. So many things are happening. Oh my God, like I just, I don't, I okay. I saw her come in. I saw the scum manifesto. Then there's a secondary cult, and you find out the cult they they turning against fucking Kai. But in all actuality, she's working with Kai. This is the woman who plays uh, Myrtle from Kevin. What is Prince it? Conroy? Can't think of it. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, she, Ooh, she signed on for the newest season, by the way. Yeah. Just want to let you know. Francis Conroy is another one. She can do anything. Oh. She absolutely can. Amazing. <laughs> the best last words. If you feel like jazz is being chaotic, if you're listening right now, that's because this season was very chaotic, just like the last four lives of our uh, four years of our lives. If you live in the United States of America, it's been fucking chaotic. Chaos. And you know what? With all this bullshit that we're seeing right now in Texas and going to fucking Ted Cruz, going to Cancun and doing all this and all that, you know, men are garbage and men are trash. So like, let's just, let's just, one of the things that we learned from cult is that the men are trash. And that yeah. is, I think the enduring lesson. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's always, like, I always have this conversation with, with uh, a particular person in my life about, um, particularly about, like, whiteness and, like, they, they kind of have a thing about, like, generalizations about, about white people and sort of all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know what? If you have a problem with that, um, that says more about you. So, like, just know that, like, when we're, when, when we say, you know, uh, whiteness and and men and sort of all that it's like you know sometimes you just got to call it what it is and if it's not for you it's not for you period <laughs> exactly hit dogs gonna holler okay. every time every, every time okay. and you know what and uh what we come to learn is that there are people who will gaslight you and will call you out your name at any time. <laughs> Especially on um, possibly a Ryan Murphy show because Lord. they be dragging the fuck out of each other on these shows. <laughs> like when I rewatch these and listen to the dialogue and the shit they be saying it. to each other, bitch, you're nothing. <laughs> bitch, I will beat your ass. Bitch, I'm above you. What makes you think you could ever <gasps> win against me, bitch? I've already won. Michael was dragging these hoes. And y'all remember Michael from Murder House? He got born because the white... The Antichrist. Um, and you done, you done, yes. done fucked your mama and... and, and Oh, a child oh. of... um. Of a trigger warning of sexual assault. Yes. Um, or we diving into apocalypse now. We don't call. Please, y'all, because I'm ready. Oh wait, dang! I'm skipping ahead. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm not so sorry, but let's let's wrap up cult because first of all, it was annoying. <laughs> it was, and because I had to sit through that whole motherfucker one full full time because I didn't before. And okay. Kai pretty much conspires against everyone they the wife is in a cult everybody's in the cult they kill people to get kai above like he puts pretty much all makes peace turn these people's into pawns and yeah. then when sarah paulson who is Allie, joins in she's like oh i'm in here but bitch i'm about to turn up from beginning because bitch i'm always yes. 10 steps ahead rise up i'm sarah, sarah fucking paulson bitch and then she got the fed the feds come and bust him he in prison making pinky promises now and he do get out of prison because he's fucking one of the cards, but she's also insulting her. Did not like that. Um, don't be insulting her. But she gets him out, but then Sarah Paulson gets to her. And it's like, listen, he's telling you this. He's doing this. He's talking about your weight. Listen, baby, let him out of jail. Take the bullets out of his gun. 
He gonna try to shoot me and ain't gonna no bullets gonna be in the gun, baby. Ha ha ha. Mm. He tried to shoot her on stage and then guess what? Beverly Hope pulls up from behind said, with the L with the fucking dump. You in your motherfucking head, bitch. I feel so bad because I forget this young lady's A name. Porter. Yes. Listen. When I first saw her, like knew of her existence as an actress, it was during True Blood when yep. she played, um, yeah, which McCall's mom. Mm-hmm. And she had all the issues, you know, she was going through addiction, she had a lot of stuff going on. I was like, wow. And it felt really good for me to see because I didn't see her in a lot of roles after that, but it was good to see her in different roles via, um, you know, Ryan Murphy's worst because I like how she has joined the AHS. <laughs> universe because all of her characters oh hell yeah like she always plays people who are very unpredictable you mm-hmm. don't know if they're they're like very um they're like what is that they're, they're, they're characters that play both sides they might be bad pending your view of it but they're also like very opportunistic um they're very much like girl i'm about to worry about me self-preservation it's amazing to me that like you know uh that that in all the this is and this is the beautiful thing about about American Horror Story. I think as uh as a repertory company, like this is like old some old school theater shit. Like when you would like cast the same actors and all the roles, and they play different roles every time. You know all this stuff. It's very much like a repertory company in theater. And what's amazing to me is that. Out of all of the chaos, and this is this is a kudos to every single actor who's ever appeared on American Horror Story. Um, they take all of that material and find some beautiful fucking shit in it. Yes. The craziest shit is going on, but they are so committed and like so dropped into the characters that um you really it it in a way like it feels like you know them even through all of the bullshit right like even through all the shit that's going on uh with the clowns and like all this stuff and then you got the neighbors next door who were uh with you know with the with the bees and shit uh and um you know miss thing and sort of all that and but 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 there's so, you're so grounded in the truth of of the character. It's really, I mean, it's really a, a feat of acting, I think, for these people to be handling this shit. Because and also like, uh, it's it wasn't. Um, I don't think it, or maybe it was, maybe it was cult. There was one. I think it was cult actually. There's a season where Sarah Paulson, Sarah the motherfucker Paulson. Uh, was filming the OJ thing. And yes. It was was a hotel. I don't know. Oh, maybe it I don't was know. hotel. I thought she maybe was it was playing. hotel where she was filming that and the OJ thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's an icon and she's unstoppable. And again, if you have anything bad to say about Sarah Paulson. It's like, on site. It's on Sarah Paulson's site. I don't... You, it's the it's the uh, it is the TikTok. It's that girl who said, and I can't remember her name, but the girl who's like, 
you ever mess with ain't nobody ever gonna disrespect this girl right here it's picture syrup also known she's like in my presence because if you do it's on site and that's how i feel now let me let me just drop a little tea real quick um because i have met sarah paulson several times what Yes. Yeah. Um. Several times, and from like way in the back of the back bag when I met her. So, uh, Sarah Paulson was on a show called American Gothic. Okay, you remember? Okay, you remember that? Okay, nineties, nineties. Um, that was that was like one season or two seasons. It was short. Um, but that was filmed in my hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina, and my mom worked on that show. And so I would go, my mom did like catering and craft service stuff. But so I would go and visit my mom on set. And Sarah Paulson, of course, was the lead in that show. So I got a chance to meet her several times when I was younger. Um, and like, I like hung out with Lucas Black, the the who is fine as fuck now. I don't know if you know who that is. Lucas Black, uh, a really great actor, but was... Uh, uh, in like a CSI or something. The name sounds really familiar. That's okay. Jasmine got the yeah. Google machine going. You, she got it going. You see up. that picture of that boy? Honey. He is fine. But anyway, so um, so I met Sarah then um, several times when I was younger. And then in like 2014 in New York, I was seeing a play. And mm-hmm. she was there in the audience. And um, I was waiting by the stage door that night after the show to get you know people to find my program and shit like that. I do shit like that. I'm that like theater queen. But um, she comes mm-hmm. out of the stage door. She just visited somebody. And I said, excuse me, Miss Paulson. I was, I was like the only one standing there. So like it wasn't a crowd of people. And I was like, excuse me, Miss Paulson. And she turned mm-hmm. around. She's like, yeah. And I said, um, I said, do you have a second? She's like, sure. She had some friends waiting for her, but she was like, yeah, sure, what's up? But I was like, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of your work. I was like, and we've actually met before. She was like, really? And I said, yeah. So I told her the whole story about American Gothic. And I said, I was like, my mom worked on the show. And she's like, who's your mom? And I said, April, my mom's name. And she was like, oh, my God, I remember her. She was like, she made us the best food. Oh, my gosh. And then she like, then she like leaned into me. And I was like, oh, and uh, <laughs> and she was like, "How's your mom doing?" And I'm like, "She's doing." I was like, "She's doing well, you know." Um, she's doing well. I'll be sure to tell her that you said hi. She's like, "Please do." Um, she's like, "Thank you so much for saying hey." She's like, "I really appreciate it." And I was like, "I was like, I don't want to be that person." I was like, "But can I like have a picture with you?" And she's like, "Sure." So like, she took this adorable picture with me. Oh, um. I'll uh, I'll send it to you all on um on Instagram, but um just the sweetest and so kind and like you know like she had people with her like she didn't have to like stop for me and like speak to me right but she did and she does this thing where she's talking to you she's talking to you right like she's looking at you we're having a connection like queen like absolute utter queen. I feel like she reads into your soul when she talks to you. You know She's who else sad. does that? You know what? That's like <laughs> okay. Okay. You know who else does that is um Glenn Close, whom I've also met. She looked me directly in the you face, and I was like, 
Glenn Close demands your attention via the television screen. Like the way she like, she doesn't necessarily break the fourth wall in most stuff and probably not on purpose. Um, but the way she just like commands attention in whatever role she plays, whether it's a shaky character, some like she's always a person of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because wasn't she in Girl the Girl Yeah. Yes. Doctor. And as soon as I saw Glenn Close, I already knew what kind of movie. I know. And what's like Glenn that? Close, like, like, it's no. Sarah, it's Kathy Bates, it's, you know, um, yeah. Francis Conroy. Like, if those women are up in some shit, you better fucking watch it. And let me tell you who else oh is God. holding her shit. And we're going to talk about her because she is holding all her things up in this jet is motherfucking Billy Lord, honey, in Apocalypse. Yes. Honey. Yes. yes. I honestly, like, Given even given her like family tree history, she comes from a legacy of bad bitches. Recipes to them both, um, recipes to them yeah. all. To be quite honest, um, but she she's out here shining. I cannot wait to see what else she adds to not only the AHS Ryan Murphy universe, whatever he's got going on, but just in general with her career. Um, I think she's a very like a, a actress who's given us like she's she's anybody like she could play any kind of role she always plays like these cool like badass person roles um who's probably like just like i'm too cool for school i'm just kind of doing whatever but also very liberated um and a very outspoken and strong character she has a new baby like um she just gave birth beautiful baby oh. billy lord did she and her husband I think. Oh. um yeah it's super cute um but let me she turns it She does. She does. Well, now that we Let's have slid into apocalypse. apocalypse. Um, before we start talking about apocalypse, because we have like we're very quickly introduced to Coco and Mallory as we're speaking about Billy Lord. Um, we're also coming in and I, have you seen Popular? No. Oh my god. Okay, so now it's your time I to give us the overview. I'm sick. What's my girl's name that plays Coco? Leslie Grossman. Um, yeah, thank you. I wrote that down and everything. So Leslie Grossman used to play a character on a show called Popular that came out in the backpack, 99 2000 oh. If you look really good, you can find it on oh, wow. YouTube. Okay. I feel like this is also I'm another one of like a, a Ryan Murphy deep cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Google it up, y'all. And it's like these teens um, that are in school, and you know teen school drama like a, shows. Like kind of you know thing? Was- are we like in that? Kind of, sort of, but it grassy. It it gave us Degrassi. Okay. It was Degrassi oh, before. Well, okay. not before Degrassi. Degrassi was with us. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and it was like real serious. Like there's somebody that gets cancer, and they deal with the cur- per- like the young character oh gets God. cancer, and they get sick. Nah, it's serious mm-hmm. for the time, but the characters. Are- and so Leslie Grossman plays this girl called. Um, what I just call Mary Cherry. And Mary Cherry is like this popular girl, but she's also not the popular girl in the school. Like she's kind of like the side character that has her own thing going on. But then she also deals with like finding herself. So whenever I see her in a show, I'm like, that's Mary Cherry every season. Mary Cherry Work. back in here. I can't stop. <laughs> see her as Mary Cherry. Um, but Coco is honestly she was giving Mary Cherry she's like a really like self-centered and absorbed because Mary Cherry is kind of like that but she feels bad because it's like a valley girl type situation 
um, in popular, um, and you get this in this season of Apocalypse as well. It's like a stereotypical like Valley Girl situation. She's in LA. She's really like Daddy's girl. I've got this money, girl. I got this account. Um, I'm getting my hair done. Mallory, you're my assistant. You're supposed to be my bitch maid. You're doing everything. Um, and she gets a call from her dad while she's linking up with Evan Peters' character. What's his name? Um, Brock. Who's the hairdresser? Yes. Um, and uh, they're in. Yes. The, the boyfriend is Brock, played by Billy Eichner. Oh, the boyfriend's Brock. What's his um, name? Who's the hairdresser? What is Oh, oh my gosh, I just forgot. It's a brain it is. part. It is a brain part. That's okay. We got Evan know. Peters with an asterisk. So Evan Peters was out here doing the hair and Coco gets a phone call and it's her dad on the FaceTime. And she's he's like, you know, everyone's real sad. It's very somber. They're on the other side of the world. He's like, you know, they're getting also at the same time simultaneously, like an alarm is going off. Everything is starting to go crazy. And he's like, all the rumors are true. You know, there's rockets there. I love you. There you can get to like this hideaway place. It's I've paid for four seats, but obviously meet your mother, myself, and your brother over here. They're in like Japan or something like that. And all these nuclear bombs are going off in major cities around the world. So basically, this new season starts off with one of almost everyone's uh, nightmares is apocalypse. Or if you, you know, that's your bag and you want to celebrate it, the end of the world. Um Right, because you know some people that's their bag. So um they she's looking on the FaceTime. Oh she's like, my god, what are you she's talking like, about? Oh, like, oh daddy, I love you. Exactly. And then the camera just boom. All you see is the light, like the bomb and the sun comes in, they're really close. And I, it's really it's low-key somber because she's like, Oh, wait, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then the camera, the call ends. Because they've just been they did, y'all. They did. Uh, and I was like, "Oh hell no!" Then the news machine, the news uh, thing comes on, and the, it's like the guys are like, you know, they're uh, telling us we need to evacuate, that we have X amount of minutes until the bomb goes off. And he starts like, you know, saying his goodbyes to his children on air. And of course, like my throat start getting tight because I'm already immersed into the season, and it's literally like, literally. And I'm like, oh my god, like, no, my like. <laughs> We gone. You thought you thought it was it was the way before. Oh no, bitch. We gonna hit you, and we gonna hit it hard, and we gonna hit it right at the top. And then they're all like, "Well, now we have to get to the fucking plane. Um, that's all up in here, and we get the hell out of here." Oh my. They don't know where they're going, right? But they're like, they're like, we have to, you know, we have to get out of here. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, cause the daddy said right. That um, we have a, a plane ticket secured for your seats and like all this stuff, and, and you're going to mm -hmm. a special location or whatever, right? And so like mm -hmm. all this shit happens. So they get there, and then the shit starts to. Happen. Yeah, they get to the um to what is it the airport kind of like dock situation down on like the main ground level. And they're trying to get on the plane. And Coco's on the phone with her boyfriend who's stuck in traffic in Santa Monica. And he's like, girl, because traffic in L.A. and California is fucking trash all around. 
Um, and of course, it's the end of the world. So everyone's trying to skedad. I don't know where we're going to go when a nuclear bomb is going to kill us. But, you know, human instincts, you want to try to, I guess, attempt to get somewhere safe or at least, you know, die with your loved ones or, you know, die in your favorite place you choose. You want to yeah. die if that's your own morbid bag. Um, but he's on the phone and he's like, I'm not. Um, you need to wait and hold the plane for me. And at the very last second, Coco's like, you know that time Bye, bitch. <laughs> Which basically says the relationship is over. Well, you're free to see other people. And he was like, you bitch, don't leave me in traffic in Santa Monica. And because, of course, they're at, um, you know, they're trying to board the airplane. And there are people who are on the tarmac who are running up on the air. And then like, you've oh, got you that got hot airplane. daddy, I'm about to get daddy shit. who pulls out the gun. And it's like, oh, no, bitch, pop, pop. Like. Yep, Exactly. Trying to get the people off. Oh, it was just—it well, was very chaotic. Mr. Gallant, um, Evan Peters' character, um, Mr. Gallant, uh, and his nana, played by the fabulous Miss Joan Collins, baby. Um, get on the plane. Yes. Right. They. They sure do, because he was like, I mean, you have extra seats. You might as well just go ahead and let us in. Like it, you know, it just makes sense. <laughs> Who's gonna do your hair? And you know what? I'm not even gonna hold you. I, who I, is gonna do? Like, it? Who, who's doing it? <laughs> well, because if you if you got the coin and you really have decided that this is the life of privilege that you're living for whatever reason, I'm not even gonna talk about the negative side. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, if I had the money to go to a bunker. And I had a hairdresser at my fingertips. Let's hey, roll. baby, let's okay. just crank it up for show. I'm about to save you. You're about to make sure I have all the looks in the post-apocalyptic world. Um, and then hopefully when I die, you style me up so I can look popping into that. One of my favorite like, lines is, is later in a couple. It's like it's like the next episode or something. But um, when he he comes out and and they're at the the Halloween party or the whatever it is, the the party with the apples. Which will get um because that's mm -mm. savage shit that happens up in there. Oh, but God. um the party with the apples and Miss Thing comes out, Miss Coco comes out with her hair uh looking like fucking Marie Antoinette shit. And uh he's like, uh he's like, let's clap for the hair, thank you. Um, and they're all then they all clap and he's like <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty amazed what you can do without a blow dryer. And I'm just like, you better work, bitch. <laughs> Honestly, like, the evolution of her hair from when she first got to, when they first had, like, got to the underground yeah. kind of, what is it, Outpost 3? Um, when they reached the Outpost to the end of their stay at the Outpost, her hair, it just, like, it's turn, it, the it hair seems to grow bigger and bigger, more dramatic as time went on. You turn on a look, Miss Coco. Saint I James. love it. Vanderbilt is turning a look, honey. I love it. Okay. But now that we're out the app post, because basically, boom, they get in this airplane. The airplane takes off. The nuclear bomb goes off. We see everyone kind of die from afar. Um, they realize that there are no pilots in the plane. So they're kind of just like, what the fuck? Question mark, exclamation point. Um, they essentially end up at this outpost when we're introduced um, to uh, a new shit. We meet of post-apocalyptic war. They're motherfucking in a motherfucking wig. Come on, in a big ass. Yes, yeah, sunny. In orange, we get that. Uh, 
and that red hair, then that French twist. And she's real creepy though, because she got on, you know, she mm. got on them old Tommy clothes and shit. And she got that cane, and you're like, Yeah. What the fuck is this? And she's being real, she's being real shady from the I'm jump, not- right? From the jump. She's like, Hello, welcome to Outpost 3. This is how we do things here. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da. And they're all like, uh, okay. <laughs> it, and then you see the first of all, I'm here for the victory rolls because I'm a huge, like when I blow dry my hair straight, I be in here wearing victory rolls and pin, oh, pin curls and roller set and, and barrel curls. You better do it. I, you got to because your hair be heavy and it just be all everywhere and I don't really have it in my face so it just let's just push it up let's just do a thing, um, but all that aside, Outpost Three is some of the shakiest low low key terrifying places that I've ever laid eyes on. Like clearly you can see that Miss Venables like influences all over this place, especially when you find out later that when Michael Landon pulls up to the scene mm-hmm. um, and he's somehow got a working MacBook in the apartment. You know what? I did not even <laughs> and... clock that. Where the fuck are they getting internet from? They ain't no fucking electricity. Right. But, <laughs> but the characters, Timothy, what is it? Timothy Campbell and Emily, which we're going to touch on next. Timothy and Emily point out, how does he, they even say, how does he have a working MacBook when it's been 18 months later and put a peg in it, y'all, because you're probably like, who the fuck, Timely and Emily, girl, hold on. Yeah, we gonna get this. Um, so, exactly. Miss Venable's out here dragging these people. And then, of course, they rewind time because we've already seen like Coco and Mallory's kind of situation. Because this season, if you want to talk about a season where they literally, full of exposition, full of just like time jumps, literally oh, yeah. time jumps. And they're just like, let's spend this whole season filming these blinks for you. We hear you, viewers. Let's give you a couple nods and winks uh, and answer some of this shit you've been in our DMs about because we're tired. <laughs> That's how I felt. They did tired it, of hearing that. Tired, because, girl, well, it's it true cool. because, like, you know, it's what you said earlier. Like, Ryan P. Murphy and Brad Falchuk, well, we're going to call you out your name up on this podcast today, huh? Because you like to open some shit. And you like to open some doors. Mm-hmm. We see you. We see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And they leave them open. They leave them open. Absolutely. Oh, like, you just, just open it and let all the good box and throw them the shit this? up at it. Okay, that's what we doing. Absolutely. So then we put a peg in where we are right now. Right, because we already know we're at Outpost 3. We kind of rewind time back. We're introduced yes. to Timothy. And he's he just got in to, you know, like a really popping California school. He's real geeked up with his family. They're celebrating in the living room. And, bah, bah, you know, the alarms bah. and stuff. Because, of course, we already know. Exactly. Everything's going off. The dad comes through the door. They're in suburbia. He was like, don't you know? Haven't you been watching the news? It's World War Three. It's the end of the world. And then we're back to that same news clip before where the guy is, you know, basically um, saying his goodbyes to his children on air, which once again, whole shit. <laughs> like, that is one of my biggest fears as a human on this earth right now in present day because we all know what kind of world we currently live in. Yeah. Um, 
So anything is liable to fucking happen to anything. Like before it was kind of like, ha it's a joke, this could happen, but no, anything is liable to happen. Sorry to get really dark on everyone today, but you know, here we are, which is shout out to Ryan Murphy playing, playing on us once again, playing on that real life fear of we're li like living in your last days. But look, but look, to tell but, you your whole life, but because let me tell I am from, as you all right. know, and I will just uh, remind you listeners that I am from the South, honey. I'm from North Carolina originally. I live in Virginia, but let me tell you, my grandmother growing up uh, is like a part of the charismatic Christian movement and like talking in tongues and shit and like um, some shit, right? And about like TBN and all this last days and we living in the, in the times and all this stuff and you better get ready and all this saints and all this business. So it's real, right? Like that is a very real fear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to watch that play out again, right after cult, right on our screen was way too much real life. So this season scared the fuck out of me. So Timothy's at home. He's just celebrating this win. His dad comes in. It's like, girl, I don't know what the fuck you talk about. Congratulations, my nigga. But also at the same time. We're about to get blown the fuck um, up. So come on. We're about to die. Yeah, we're about to die. So then the cooperative folks, like they're like a federal agency. You know, there's always some sort of seizure. I like seeing this play out. They bust in and they're like, we want to take Timothy. And the family's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, we got your information off of a DNA ancestry website. Oh, I'm like, oh shit. I love those it's little so moments real. where Ryan Murphy, where he where he plays into, and 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 again, it's huge, which we're going to get there, obviously, the connection to uh, the best season of American Horror Story, Coven! But, um... Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love when he plays into the camp, right? Like when he, there's little stuff about, you yes. know, yeah, like um, the thing about we got your information from a DNA website. It's like oh, okay, and then you know later when we get um, the call, he does callbacks like nobody's business when Joan Collins says the line about um, yes. when she plays uh, Evie, Mister Gallant's nana and she's sitting in the mansion she's drinking the champagne and she's like oh yeah the champagne's burned again which is a complete throwback to dynasty from back in the back back of the mm -hmm. day when joan collins uh starred in the original dynasty right a line from that um yes. and yeah all these little callbacks and stuff do we hear about i don't think we hear about um Girl, what's her name? The 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 love interest of which Timothy? one? Emily. We don't um, get her. Oh, we don't Emily. Get her no, we don't know like much about hers. Right? Like, yeah. Exactly. Well, kind of, sort of, because that was like a different kind of situation involved in the timeline. The only thing we get from her is Timothy gets swept away by the feds. He gets into the hummus. They drive off. He's in like a lockup kind right. of jail cell situation that's stacked on top of each other. Clearly, it's like an underground bunker. Um, and then Emily briefly talks about, well, 
well, he's like, oh, didn't they get you from the DNA collection? He's like, she's like, girl, what the hell are you talking about? I was in prison. Like, I was in the jail because I was protesting, which I thought was also very interesting because you have this person of color, like a, a black woman, a mm-hmm. uh, black brown woman. Mm-hmm. who's like, oh, well, they locked me up because I was protesting. Would she find her again in the future when they start talking protesting. about, in the, exactly, she's protesting again outside of the coffee house. I'm like, damn. Okay. Be working. And well, speaking Ooh. of... <laughs> hard, hard <laughs> Mm. Michael Landon is a devil. Boom. Well, bomb the son is a devil. Definitely some open shit. The bomb is going off. Um, so they get off the plane. They are now underground in a bunker, which actually is um the male warlock school. Um, yes. I believe it's also the warlock school, which they fast forward into later. But they got the strict rules by Miss Venable and Kathy fucking Bates, who is in the, the fuck fucking cyborg Miss Kathy Bates with that butch haircut, let me tell you, giving me like butch lesbian realness, like shaved sides with a big old pompadour up in the top of it with a black lipstick. I'm like, you better go ahead, baby. Listen, looks and uh, we all know that not only is she a killer, we found out later that Miriam Mead is a Satanist she is with the shit. She will sacrifice a ghost, goat head and everything. And she is with Michael Langdon. And she ends up taking care of him after Constance kicks him the fuck out. Because Michael Langdon, we see him as a baby. And then as and we see him at the end of Murder House. We see that Michael Langdon is like a kid and murders the babysitter. But you don't see anything else after that. At this point, Michael Landon is a fucking grown up. He done pulled up with all the people that come... Um, what are they called? The company, the whatever, the the government and the all the rich people and tech nerds. He pulls up with them. He pulls. They support him. They've sold their soul to the devil, which is his daddy. So he's like, "Oh, I own you. Let's end the world." The cooperative. The co- thank you. The cooperative. They go. But it's like, uh, yeah, and it's world. like it's like all this time like, jumping, and you know, uh, yeah. So like initially, like it's. I think it's like the second episode where we find out that Michael Langdon has come. He gets to the outpost. He's going to tell them, uh, you know, tells them all this thing about how, you know, I'm going to, I'm here from the cooperative. I'm going to take, I'm going to take some of you away from here because the outpost is about to be like overrun and sort of all this shit. Right. And sort of interspersed with that, you know, he starts to like interview the the occupants of um of the cooperative, right? And we find out, I think, in one of those mm-hmm. flashbacks that he is not who he presents himself to be. And that's when we figure out that uh Miss Mead played by Kathy Bates. It's it's like a it's like a duality thing, right? Like yes. Miss M- Mead was a real person. We come to find out. Uh and you know, we we get that backstory of like she with the goat head, right? And like Michael like kills the the butcher guy and like you know, you you start to see like the underpinnings of who Michael Langdon really is. And I think this is the part Right where we get that fabulous scene between he and Billy Lord, right? 
where um where he's yeah. interviewing her Mallory Mallory's character uh, mm-hmm. who's like a servant in this cooperative yeah yeah the and great um, people. like an Avox in the Hunger Games if you're a Hunger Games um and uh we get that moment right where he interviews her and, and he's like i see something in you i i see right he's like fucking with everybody's mind right about like like i see something in you there's something in there that you don't want to let out and she's like i don't know who i am she says i don't like something like very similarly like i don't know who i am i don't know what's going on and he's like well i see inside of you right who are you mallory and she's like i just want to go i have to get out of here right and he's like, stop. And he stops her. Somehow, we don't quite know how yet, right? He like supernaturally like stops her, right? And she's like, leave me alone. And she mm-hmm. turns to him and he like flies across the room, right? We start to get this whole like, uh, yeah. what the fuck is like some, some real shit's happening in here. And we're like, what the fuck? Like what just happened, right? And then you see him like transform into this white faced demon, which becomes a thing, right? And Mallory is like protected somehow, but like she, like we don't know how she's protected yet. But like he doesn't hurt her. Yeah. Yeah, because we haven't discovered what... Because Mallory also, at the same time, he's like, what are you? And she's crying up close. like, ow, ow. And she leaves because, of course, she she don't know. Like, we find out later that we've already said, spoiler, she has a spell put on her because she's actually a witch because, like, um, as she had talked about, this season is a direct yes! to Coven. Um <laughs> it answers a lot of questions that like we, we have mentioned before um i feel like ryan murphy and everybody else looked at you know the AFS, excuse me the ahs cast people looked at their dms and their email inboxes and was scouring the internet under like aliases and was like all right y'all we gotta wrap this shit message up. board like all right yeah, let's go ahead and close this up so you can stop fucking asking me these questions every time I step out on this red carpet because I'm tired. Um, and even if that's not the case, thank you for trying to attempt to wrap this story up. I had a couple issues with it, to be quite honest. But, you know, we're just I'm going to just go with it. Um, so for, I will say one, it, I do like it only took a couple episodes into the season to really get into the bullshit when it came to Michael Layton and what his purpose was at Outpost 3. Yeah. Um, because usually with American Horror Story, we're watching the show, we're watching the show, we get about halfway yeah. in, and it, it truly shits the Absolutely. Day. Yeah, um, it, it's always like the mid-season. It. Yeah. And and then and then it's like, well, fuck, now we have to, like, wrap all the shit up in two episodes. And it's like, damn, like, I haven't, like, you, you built all this shit up, and then it's like... <laughs> right. Like, oh my God, we created this really, but let me just, let me just throw everything at you so I can really tie these up real quick and just not explain what I did. When really you should have just, one, not did all this extra story or two paired with one, just given us more than 10 episodes. Um, I know that's not historically what And it doesn't it happen in 84, right? Series, in 84, there's only nine. No. Oh my gosh. And I, I, yeah. mm, 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 put a peg on it. But for this one, because <laughs> I'm like, for this one here, um, 
I, like I said, I truly feel like it was just, let's tie everything up. I feel like things could have been done better, but also I know that to get the, the ending that we all want, like all, all X amount of number of people who truly want to see justice given to Coven and all this other stuff. Um, right. We're looking at like a 20 it episode could, season. It could be a whole show. Yeah. Like, and that's it not could realistic. Be its own show. It could. <laughs> And we're still not going to be happy. So, I mean, just, we know why we're here now. Just hold on to your butt, girls. Um, so, you ladies know, like, episode three, Michael's interviewing everybody because he's like, y'all going to come to the sanctuary, girl. The sanctuary got food. And there's so, I've made lots of notes. There are so many red flags in this season as soon as this shit starts because these people don't know who Michael is. But we know. If you are like an AHS viewer, like I don't like if you a real viewer, but no, if you someone who's kind of kept up with the story, you know who the fuck Michael Langdon is. Yeah, they've been predict they've been predicting his arrival for a very long time, um, and you know most of his backstory, so you know that he's coming to fuck shit up. Also, if you watch ASS, you know there's one big thing that comes to like fuck shit up. There's other people that play into the fuckery of the episode, but. There's it's very much big, like, it's very much like a um, as soon as you said that it's very much like a buffy thing like it's very much like there's always a big bad right like there's always like one big mm-hmm. nasty motherfucker yeah Fuck your shit up. season one is murder house it's the actual house yeah season two it's it's not briar cliff it's the devil yes and aliens yes and a Nazi and doctor. Yeah, the devil. But like the big entity that's kind of driving all this uh, is the devil. Because yeah. the devil is what essentially influenced, if you want to really take it that deep, the Nazi doctor, Hans, Hans Gruppa, oh, and how he's not only doing things, horrific things during, um, you know, during the Holocaust, but he's taken off. We find out to a direct another connection to Freak Show. He's taking off Elsa Mars' legs. Like, come on. You're in like a snuff situation. Coven, the big yeah, dad so coven. it's just yeah. So who, who's a whole the big lot bad cover? Oh, it's a whole lot of them. like we could say pop. Maybe not so much in. Well, it's it's very much like uh, to me the, the 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 tie here is the like misogyny and like patriarchy. Um of mm-hmm. that coven ties into apocalypse with there were a lot of big bads in coven i felt but but i feel like maybe like the biggest one is is um how women get turned against other women like like interpersonal yes conflict is like the biggest bad I think that was one I think racism Absolutely. was also Orion's Murphy's stab where else was on the right so racism was that I feel like mm-hmm. we also could have did more but that's a conversation I'm going to have for another day um, but what was done um, I feel like that was another mm-hmm. big 
big bad for that because you're dealing with Lalaurie, Madame Lalaurie, and every horrific thing she did to her, you know, her servants in her house, um, people in the neighborhood, her attic of horrors, and how that's a real thing. Like once again, tying in these realistic horrors and this. this these things that these racist ass people did um, to people mm-hmm. just for their joy and pleasure. They're very sadistic in torture and how they're getting their jollies. Entertainment. Off the of, oh, well, you know, it's I'm a, white it's, and I can which do whatever. Direct tie into exactly. So, freak show, right? It's you are, you are being exploited. Yeah. Um, have you all, uh, have you all ever read or, or heard of the play Venus? But it's the whole um, uh, Sargi Bartman uh, deal, which Sargi Bartman was the 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 African woman who had. It's a whole story, but she had a whole. Um, her body was literally mm-hmm. dissected and studied, uh, and on her bones on display very much in the vein of like the freak show deal because mm-hmm. she wasn't an African woman she was just a whole bunch of fucked up racist bullshit yeah, yeah. they didn't think Absolutely. Yeah. specimen yeah. like exactly your thing like you we're gonna like we're gonna put you in a right. zoo, which they also did. Um, it's just like, some of those circuses and stuff. They definitely had just black people just standing there, like, bruh, like I've never seen a black person before. I'm gonna pay a quarter or I'm gonna pay a pence. I don't know what they was charging back then. Child. I'm gonna just say, I'm gonna but the fact that you're like, let me just, you know, charge somebody, you know, some money to see something mm-hmm. they've never seen before, like, oh, you're on display, or let me pay you to watch a live birth if we want to take it back to freak ooh. show, like, just the yeah, whole, yeah. like. And Grindhouse and Grind, exactly. But it was like you doing anything on camera. Oh, the history man. of American cinema, the America's history, and not just like the history of white cisgender folk in America. Like America's history, even down to indigenous. We talked about this before on um our Stephen King episode with our friend Vince. There are so many stories from so many different backgrounds across this country and so many horrific stories. I would love to see an anthology on that because there's so much that can be brought to the table in terms of like people's history or just whatever. You all have seen on Harder Water. Like, shout out to everybody who is uh, on Shudder or has seen horror noir it's also a book as well and i really really want it but it's fucking expensive as shit it's like 40 dollars. Mm-hmm. i'm like Dude. Hmm. oh yes like oh yeah apparently like, it's like it, a oh, textbook absolutely. and like if i was so in a uh, class or some shit i would that would be the textbook oh, it's there's a whole lot of shit going on speaking of a whole lot of shit going on um we start to get some is is uh with with apocalypse isn't it's like the four mm-hmm. third episode i think when the, when is the party it's like well, it is episode three it's episode hold on hold on because episode three is forbidden fruit and that's when uh, hello Michael's having house, sex it's like the leather daddy, daddy and the, also um you ooh. know yes uh-huh. oh. 
And it was between three and four because that's when um just oh let's let's just There's run over so the hit points because this season is so fucking complicated. Um <laughs> uh there's the Halloween party. Yes, the Halloween party where of course Michael's here and he's causing something and a new set of horses arrive to the outpost because when horses pull up you have to like kill them because everything has radiation outside mm-hmm. of this outpost. Like there's nothing but death radiation, um cannibals outside who are eating people. Like it's crazy. Um and this carriage, this horse and carriage pulls up with fresh apples. And they're just like, they they taste, according to the one of the characters, they taste like they've been picked straight from the tree. That's, I think, what Miss Venable says, because she just eats the apple. Miss Me's looking at her like, girl, what the hell? Um, and they decide to feed everyone apples, like a fun, like, morale-boosting game. But also, it's a sick, deadly twist, because Miss Mead injects Which also, we um, should, we should just, just pop a pin right there, and I'm, and I'm sorry to, to talk over you, but um, to, to pop a pin right there... Because the snake thing is very significant to the arrival of the Antichrist, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yes. And also, it's Michael's idea. Yes. And then I'm sitting here, like, I literally just had a literally aha uh, uh, moment when you talk about the snake and the apple. Mm-hmm. And you just saw Eve and biblical text and just how snakes fit into biblical text and fruit yes, and all that other stuff. Like, while in. Y'all wildin'. Y'all wildin'. Um, and everyone in the outpost gets murdered because they all eat the apples because, girl, they're tired of eating fucking cubes of, that look like ice Jello. cubes of jello bullshit. Which I love. I love that whole, uh, um, that whole sort of moment of, like, when they when they all sort of recognize that, like, oh, my God. And, of course, it's such a camp thing because Miss Venable's like, oh, please. And they all, you realize, like, at first, before, because I, when you're watching it on Netflix, I don't know if you're kind of pivy to, or if you, if you're watching it, if you're someone who's seen it before on the show, but you can kind of tell it's a commercial break here, kind of how it splices from one scene to the next. Um, and they're like, the stew is stew, ah! And no one's, like, everybody's really disgusted, and no one's eating it. And then the next scene, they're all in the, like, you know, kind of lounge quarter area, and um, the boyfriend, the the guy's like um, yeah, uh, Jeffrey Boyer Dinah, Chapman is the, is the actor's name. I can't, I think, can't think of what the character's name is. Yeah, that's okay, but he fine. So um, yeah. he's in spiral. Okay, and uh, see, I need to sit through this again because I feel like I watched this, but I might have ended up looking at the inside of my eyes. You're okay. <laughs> you, you don't have to sit through that. <sighs> oh, you girl, are. I'm crying. Um, so. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe all you guys are gross. You're cannibals. And they're all like, it was like chicken. And um, Evie's like, yeah, it wasn't really what you thought it was. It was very, like, made of fiber. It was so good. Like, she said it wasn't human. Y'all know goddamn well. y'all. When he pulled out the finger and said, that was the moment, right? When he pulled out the finger bone, he's like, please tell me that's not a finger. Um, Yes. I was like, motherfucker, you know that's a fucking... um, you know what the hell? Yeah. A finger. It you know looked like a flange. Ugh. So anyways, I'm going to just slide past these bullet points because Apocalypse, like we said several times, is tying up a bunch of loose ends. Like, 
Michael Langdon, we go into Michael Langdon's backstory because they eventually go back to Murder House because the witches, they essentially um, put a plot into place where they put like a deep sleep over themselves because they, um, what's that, Cordelia knew that the end of the world was coming. She saw a premonition after um, the warlocks were so fucking hard pressed to rise to the top because they said it was tired of being second class to the witches and they were really pissed off which I do understand this part because Cordelia did not take anybody else's feelings into into like you know into consideration when she did this but after the end of Coven um, when Cordelia decided that the witches were no longer needed to hide in the shadows they should just stand out and be proud of who they were because you know they're dying like they just have mm-hmm. to live like the fucking scum on the earth um, and the warlocks were like you know you didn't take our feelings into consideration you just outed us all um, and that's not okay because it essentially did not become safe for us. And of course you had this big, uh, fortress of the Robichaud Academy. Um, but they had like a giant fortress as well, but it was made of glass and they were, even though they was in the sticks, you know, it's the sticks. So the people pulling up and they throwing them sticks and them rocks at their fucking glass house. Um, you know, maybe you could say that it was their fault because they decided to be cute and modern. Um, in a not-so-cute modern place where they may have been located. Um, so it forced them, in addition to that, being scared to retreat underground. And that's where we get what we see as uh, Outpost 3 because it, it is their underground, underwater school and underwater. Wow. Um, <laughs> and they like get referred to as mole people. So we see men being truly viewed as the other um and how they get dragged well, and every day hello i mean for direct like direct connection week. to certainly the ideas that have been fomating and sort of formulating in the in the world right mm-hmm. obviously with the fucking bullshit of mm-hmm. 2016 and all that shit about oh you know everybody's talking about how uh you know uh Men are, you know, men are trash, men are garbage, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, we, we have to take it back and we have to do all this bullshit. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here with your bullshit, Ariel and um, yep. uh, Penny Packer and uh, yep. Billy Porter and shit. All y'all fucking nasty, trifling, bunch of nasty, trifling men's. It was it was shaky. Listen, they they were real like backhanded. Mm-hmm. Um, now Billy Porter got a little bit of sense about him once he realized that Michael Langdon was not to be trifled with, and he's evil. Yeah. Um, but he got they got killed my baby. Dying. They yes. killed so, my Cheyenne like, Jackson. Yes, and it was his um, God damn, that's a fine man. Oh, mm. girl, that yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they brought is... him back. I really oh, enjoyed his performance in Hotel. Yes, listen, I like his eye. And he comes back, and he testified to burn him when he was like, "Y'all kill me, y'all set this up. You sent Kathy Bates after me. You sent a synth after me." I Shout know, out to my Fallout Four fans. I know we talked about Kathy Bates, but can we can break? Because I, I I did not get a chance to say how much. Once again, I stand a fellow Kathleen, and then we find out that she is a goddamn android. And the original Miss Mead, like when they show her burned being burned her the stick, and it's just so fucking haunting because she's and she, oh my god, and she's just like, smiling through it. She was like, "I, I you, welcome, hello, call back this to is the all, it's all for you. Omen." Uh, to A lot the of the Omen references because 
he's the devil and she is his nanny and fucking the omen shit like pull up fam like come on we going deep into yeah yes and speaking of the omen we were not not too long ago we were um on an episode with um behind the the omen so check that out check them out um but back into Michael Landon and the witches in the covens because we're all brought to time because they eat the apples they die but guess who rides for the ground Okay, we got Myrtle. She coming back. Okay, um, Jessica, not Jessica. Wow, no, I girl, Jessica, Sarah, motherfucking Paulson. Who the fuck is Jessica? Girl, Jessica Lang is back, but also she's yeah. back talking about is you know that's right, Michael that's Lane's right. She comes back concerts. this season, yes, and, and then Emma Roberts, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Who they rise from the ground like Thriller, and they come through, and they're like, okay, how long have we been under here? Let's go pull up. It's time. They go to the boys' school. They bring everybody back to life and reveal the memories. Mallory is like, oh, wow, I'm that top-notch bitch. I'm the top-notch bitch. Okay. Yeah. And they pretty much try to take out Michael. And Michael's like, I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. What the fuck is you talking about? Right. And he's, like, snapping necks and killing everybody. And finally, Sarah... But, like, huge time jump, right? Like, we go from, like, that to, like, to them, like, raising them up from the dead, right? And, like, doing this whole thing. And then it's like, oh, you thought yeah. that was interesting? Wait till we put another big old wrench up in this bitch and we gonna go back to the back back. Yes. Yes. They, this were Anastasia and Stasha and Anastasia. Yeah, Anastasia that if you've never, if you don't know the actual story, I'm pretty sure we, it wasn't a Disney movie for all of us who lived back in the back back like 90s. No, movies. it was Disney. It was um, just- I think it was like a DreamWorks or one of those regular mm-hmm. pictures. I believe so. It was di- it was Disney who did Anastasia. Wow. Well, all I know is even as a kid and not knowing the real historical context behind it, it's a sad yeah, fucking Disney. story. Like yeah. they kill that girl's entire family and herself. That mm-hmm. shit is crazy. Disney needs to be popped in the mouth because they keep trying to take all these sad ass stories and make it nice when there's nothing but genocide and murder. Oh, all wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But that's uh, another conversation for another thing. day. Uh. Uh, no, no. Uh, Anastasia, the the animated film was done by Fox. I'm sorry. Fox, Fox. What? Hey, I thought it was DreamWorks. Yeah. No, it's Fox. Fox okay. I can't even Okay. Yeah, because the thing was, it was, I, from what I remember at that time, at this point in time, most animated movies that right. were coming out, most of them were Disney. And this is when we started to see other movies that were not from Disney because like DreamWorks started coming out with like, but they were more like DreamWorks Pixar. And it could be like, you know, 3D animation. It could be 2D, who knows. Um, but this movie here, like, it was just weird. And it felt dark. And they, they all fucking die like at the end. Shit. Movie, but like, come on. No, you can... But like, I, I do love this really cool, I love this, was a lot. this, this um, throwback where you find out according to Apocalypse and according to like Myrtle and the the witch lore, right? Is that Anastasia, Anastasia, Anastasia Mm -hmm. was a witch. And, but, right, she wasn't strong Mm -hmm. enough to save her family. But she wasn't strong enough. Which was crazy. I was like, you ain't had to do all that. (laughs) Like, God damn. Really? Yeah. Mallory go back, can't even save her. So she's traumatized. 
But now, once Sarah Paulson stabs herself, um, she's dead. So because she's dead, now uh, Malice can rise as supreme, and she goes back in time. Mm-hmm. Pulls up in the black souped-up truck and runs Michael the fuck over right. after he's aged like 10 years, and Over-night. he killed a priest because Jessica Lange was like, bitch, oh my God, you that doing whole too much, Michael, I'm calling where they go on back Jesus. to murder house and, and like uh, Madison and, and Billy Porter's character, whose name I can't remember, uh, they go back to Murder House and like you get to you see Tate and um Violet and Ben and Vivian. Oh god. Sort of all over again. Um you get to see um Moira, Francis Conroy playing the the maid, Jessica Lang plays Constance. You find out what happens to her, right? Like that Constance kills herself. This is sort of this is after. Well, See, and this is this is where they don't close that time loop because we don't know. Oh, yes, we do. I'm sorry. Yes, we do. Constance kills herself because she like threw Michael out, right? She threw him out because he had aged ten years overnight. Yeah. All this bullshit happened. She she understands that like holy fuck, he's the Antichrist and he's gonna kill everybody. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. Like I can't be dealing with your bullshit. Um, and then she kills yeah. herself, but then he comes back. And, like, he can't, um, she's done something, right, where, like, he can't, and I don't think they ever closed this loop about, like, why can't he get to her? No, like, like, why can't he, why why um, doesn't he kill her? Why can't Michael, which we see that he does with Misty Day, comes back in in Apocalypse, right, y'all? Like Lily Ray mm-hmm. comes back, Misty, and like Stevie Nicks comes, mm-hmm. all this shit. But like, uh, he goes into hell and like br- brings Misty back. And like, it's interesting that like he doesn't, he can't do that mm-hmm. with Constance. Oh, she killed herself in the um, but the, murder house. But like, it's very interesting because uh, okay, I wrote this in my notes. We see it when he, he goes brings to the other back. Hellmouth right. that exists oh, in this other series. He goes to the Hotel Cortez. Exactly. And when he goes to get Queenie from Hotel Cortez in, in Marsh, James Marsh is sitting there and he looks the way he the way Michael looks over at James Marsh and Queenie's like, yeah, stop playing. And Marsh is like, I don't think this is a game, Queenie. And that's another red flag where people should have realized that Michael was more than what they thought he was going to be. There's no way in hell anyone else had the ability to do that. But you see how this is a literal hell mouth. Like we've already established this is hell. Who the fuck else is going into hell and able to walk out just like the whatever. Antichrist motherfucker. They show that again. Um, exactly. And then when he went to go get Lily Rave, from her personal hell of her bringing back the animals and then making her dissect a live frog, he walks into the room in that creepy ass scene where all the kids like throw their head back and right, he like butchers like, uh, the, the and their eyes are rolled back. That's her, she, right? The professor. Yes, and but that was that's how you knew another sign something was wrong. How the hell is he able to cut through this person? And he, first of all, why is your first thought to disembowel someone with a scalpel? exactly um but i do like how we learn more about constance and her taking her life because like you said she understands that her son uh her grandson is the 
uh, the comer of the end. He's bringing along the end of days. And not only that, she feels used because she feels like her one purpose in life is to be a mom and she will get another chance with Michael Lane. That's why she swooped his ass up when fucking Vivian was dying. It was like, let me just get him on and out this house, girl. Um, and then she's like, you know, he's not going to stop killing. I can't stop covering it up. And she makes this point. She has a speech about how she loves the monster. She knows his place in life. We're introduced to all her children who've had like lots of different horrible things happen to them in life, which ultimately led to their death. Um, and so she's like, yeah, I've just accepted like this. It's just, you know, what I do. But you used me. Like, you had an agenda. How the fuck did you age 10 years overnight? Whatever you are, you're not my grandson because you have just been playing me like a fucking fiddle to push along what you needed yeah. to do, which is ultimately bring along the end of days. So get out of my house, bitch. I'm tired. And then she knew she was going to die because he was choking her ass up every fucking week in the middle of her She was like, do it. You can't, you coward. And he started crying right out the house. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, the the Mallory he pulls the up day on that motherfucker's ass and go back runs to his nasty ass over. The positive that I have from Mallory changing the whole time time excuse me, the whole timeline is that fucking Violet and Tate story. They keep trying to force on us like this is goddamn Tumblr and people can't leave this goddamn hurtful ass thought thing like. Tate is a terrible person. <laughs> period. He does not need a but redemption. Let story. me tell you, and this, uh, this is a direct like, correlation to sort of what out. we're gonna see. I'm telling you right now, with all them fucking nasty ass uh, enablers of the 45th administration, is that we gonna see? Because you know, people, particularly, um, I'm speaking to my fellow whites right now. Uh, the particularly white folks love a big old redemption story. And we're here to tell you that that is some bullshit. Listen. And is you there, better be ready. Yeah, you deserve to go down to too. Sorry. That's and it. The, exactly. This, the saddest part about this timeline change is uh, we deal with Mora yes, and her she, yep, like finally released. being able to be free of the murder house. Um, I literally was re-watching this recently and I started crying. Y'all know I be crying all the time. And I was just crying because I was just like, think about how, I was thinking about how long she's been in that house and when they were digging her. the backyard <laughs> for her bones and they found the skull and they were like, no, this is not her. First thing that was, oh, the, she was, the first was someone married, else or it was there, the babysitter. Because yeah. remember the babysitter that exactly the side joint was buried in there on top of Mora's bones. Um, so I don't know if they added anybody extra. So I was like, damn, they dug her up. But I felt so right. bad because now that means that she never found peace. Um, and I would I truly wanted that for her. And we can't always have a happy ending in a horror situation that I'm okay with. But mm -hmm. I was so happy Beautiful when she scene. Was re um, reunited with her mom. Because, you know, her whole... Exactly. And even her... Like, I'm like, unless my, my, my memory is shaky, and it could be, when she was messing around with Constance's husband, that wasn't really her... It wasn't her initiating it. It was the fucking shitball husband. Or she wanted to stop. And he was like, let's just keep... And so she... I mean, she didn't stop, but also I don't remember her being completely complicit with this shit either. 
you know how bitches be your husband cheat, but you go go. Well, out that's what girl. happened, right? It's because like Constance, big uh, well, big she fucking mistake. shot Laura in the head, right? But she also, uh, she also set the bitch on set mm -hmm. the the man's children on fire and shit, right? You did. But like, I love that whole return to it. Just it was a lot that was happening to, to really uh, like see the progression of what happens there and you come to understand michael sort of the best right um i'm so glad that we have not spent uh mm -hmm. this time talking about those two fucking losers uh billy eichner and evan peters playing the the, the silicon valley jeff and what's his name jeff whatever the fuck the names are because they fucking point as fuck yeah they could just remain Jeff and what's name. Yeah, it was meh. It was a lot of meh for that, but makes sense. They are, they sold their souls. Boom, pal, surprise. Now they're helping Michael. Yeah. And they're controlling right. Michael by turning that cyborg to synth. Um, they've got eyes on her and they're kind of controlling her so they can, in fact, control yeah. Michael. Because that's the only thing he kind of cares about anyway. Which was all ultimately a part of the devil's larger plan anyways. I mean... Michael couldn't find his way, but he was looking for a sign. Ultimately, you run into these two guys who are manipulating the devil's uh, spawn um, to bring about the end of days. Because Michael's just like, yeah, yeah, like, and like, and you come to find like, out, right? Yeah, that, like, Michael's a pawn too. So, he's being played. Yeah, yeah. Mm. everyone's everyone is playing their role. Everybody's slave to the money. They are, um, but the witches essentially change back the timeline. Mallory keeps Queenie from going to the Hotel Cortez, so that never happens. So now I'm kind of like, okay, I know we haven't gotten to, we're about to talk about season nine, but I wonder what timeline season 10 takes place in. Because mm -hmm. are they going to just pull up with like, fuck it, here's where we are, or are they going to take note of the fact that they essentially changed the entire timeline of the universe? Um, well, so no, that's we a great, um, that's a great question because it's like, yeah, according to Apocalypse, right? Like there's a whole bunch of shit that didn't happen, but that last moment that we get, right? Uh, right. Apocalypse. So Michael is dead. Michael never, yeah. Michael never lived, uh, after sort of that. Cause Mallory chopped his ass. Um, but then obviously like. Cordelia's alive, right. Madison's alive, Queenie's back. Oh, we don't, Myrtle never comes back because Cordelia didn't have any never reason to like bring her back. It's not needed. Um, it doesn't say we, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that, I'm assuming that sort of, although this is interesting because like, what happened to Marie Laveau? Because you got something? Okay. No. Okay. So I'm on the same page. Because after rewatching this again after a while, she essentially makes the deal, or the deal is made with Papa Legba to let her go. Uh huh. Because she trades off. Exactly. Because he's like, well, I'm not really getting right. joy off of you killing it because it's not in your heart to kill her for eternity anymore. Um, yeah. She uh -huh. trade off with, was it Dinah? Dina, yeah, Dina, 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 whatever. And it's traded off with her character, but now this has all been undone. Is she still like down there? Was what happened? Like there were some ends that weren't tied up, and I I see what they were trying to do. Yeah, because like I mean, you see Michael like rip Maria Levi's heart out and like eat it and um, shit, and like all that. But like, but but we've 
that never happened. Crazy. Because Michael didn't live, right? So like all that shit that happened with Marie right. Laveau and, and Dinah and Evie and like Madison and like all those people, that, that never happened because she killed him. They're still in hell. Oh. Yeah. And they were all still in hell. I mean, they even talked about, Mallory made that comment about Madison being in hell and they just let her, she was like, right, I'm just let her stay there for a little bit. Because also Mallory can't really disclose who she truly is and right. how much right. she knows about everybody because that would fuck everything up. Um, so I, I just hope they address that a bit. If not season 10, um, in future seasons, if they decide to go forward with that or if they're renewed and if we're actually interested in seeing uh, yeah I mean it's 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 you know we're on season... so we're about to be on season nine we're getting ready to go into AHS season 10 which I'm assuming probably has not even started building mm-hmm. yet I mean I don't know what they're doing with all this the the Pandora going on yeah so so far the only thing we know about exactly exactly the only thing we know so far is who is joining the season. Uh, yes. Macaulay Colton is supposed to be on there, which, hell yeah, I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. I think Lily Rabe is supposed to come back. I think Evan Peters is supposed to come back. Um, so, you know, we're kind of in the build- beginning stage, which excites mm-hmm. me the most before any ASS season. Um, if you're still holding on to your butts, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> um, but there's, like, that whole thing before every season begins, like, the stands that are still left, at the end of each season, because it's like less and less drop off because everybody's so fucking fed up. Um, but it's that what are we going to know? Process of what, what, what is the, the trailer tell the previous us? Season. Right. Exactly. What's the theme going to be? And I know they're leaning more towards like alien, but I feel like it's going to be siren related or maybe something dealing with the water. And I'm going to put a peg in well, it. Well, let's uh, let's in, just in real quick uh, run back to that final moment of where um, you find out that obviously because none of this bullshit happened that Timothy and Emily wind up together and they have a baby and who is that baby? Yes. Michael Langdon 2.0 We have an illusion Even though his name is Devin and Devin is possessed down by the devil is the antichrist and who the fuck shows up at the motherfucking mm-hmm. door. And Miss... The Satanist in Anton Mead. LeVay. Yeah. Mead. The crows. Yep. I was like, oh... The devil will fuck. find The devil will find a way every time. And speaking of the devil, he shows up in a big old way in 1984. As a Yes, he does. He absolutely does. Okay, so let's just glide into 1984. Um, and we are pulling up at Camp Redwood. This season of American Horror Story is basically an ode to 80s slasher films, and I love it. Yes, lots of cheese, lots of blood, lots of kills. Very campy. Um, yeah, very. If you don't like it, Camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't like camp, then you you may not enjoy this season as much. But AHS as a whole has some camp to it. Yeah. So it's just 
if you yeah, I can see I can see if why you didn't like it, but I had a good ass time. And this is one of the um ones where I sat through and watched it up to the finale. I missed the finale, but I watched it later on mm-hmm. and saw what happened, which had a cheesy kind of happy ending. Um, not happy because a lot of people died to get there, but you know, you know, the kind of yeah, you can live on woo kind of thing mm-hmm. versus everybody's dead kind of thing. So we start the movie off in aerobics class. Listen, they got the they are when I say they are getting their Gene Simmons on, I don't know if he was what is that the guy? No, yeah, I'm saying the right name right now. I don't know. Richard, Richard Simmons. Kiss. Oh my god, who is Gene, Gene Simmons? Simmons was from Kiss. That's from Kiss. Oh girl. my god. <laughs> Ah! That's ours. A lot of people like Big Simmons. Yeah, because see, we're going to be talking about some big hair up in this uh, this show. So Mm -hmm. much big hair. Uh, But yeah, Richard Simmons is like what he does. That's what they're doing. They are getting loose. They're getting them buns together. And uh, Aroba Jazzercise, honey. Jazzercise. Yes. And we have, what is her name? Emma Roberts. Who is Brooke? Yes, and she's comes from a town. She's moved. She's new. A lot of traumatic shit happened to her. Oh my god! And so, she's very, she's very like this girl, right? She's very like, oh, hello, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Brooke. Like she's very like initially, right? She's very like, oh, a little mysterious, right? Yeah, kind of like mysterious, soft spoken. Like you said, she's from this small town. She's very innocent. Um. With, with, I'm going to put a question mark on it because, okay, I'm going to dive into her backstory because this season yeah, also ahead. is another one that's all over the place. Oh, my God. So we eventually it- learn about Brooke before she um gets, you know, introduced to her new aerobic class friends who end up at Clap- Camp Redwood as cancer counselors for the grand reopening of this camp that, of course, we already know it's the camp slash story. It was a horrific mass murder situation that happened at the camp. But also, we learned that murder is not, in true American Horror Story fashion, not anything new in these characters' lives. Um, more so with Emma Roberts at this particular time, or Emma Roberts' characters, Brooks. Um, she's getting married, and her wedding day, uh, her fiancé is at the altar, and he is, like, before the guy, the, the preacher is like, you know, you say, I do whatever. He's like, yeah. So I saw y'all. Like him and his best man, who's like, I saw you, her and his, his his fiance and his best man in the house. You know, I came over to say something and blah, blah, blah. She was like, well, I didn't want to call you to like, you know, because um, we're not supposed to see each other for bad luck uh, the night before the wedding. Or, but she's also kind of just like, you know, but he didn't do anything. Like your best friend did not, we did not engage in any sexual acts. He just slept on the couch. And he's like, bullshit. I saw you pulls the gun out as Billy Idol's White Wedding is playing and it's like a mass murder at the altar and I'm like oh yeah during the wedding cap in the ass he shoot his best friend he shoot himself saying you don't deserve to wear white and splatters blood all over her motherfucking dress oh my god she like so she come from that and then she was like, no, I don't even want to go to the motherfucking camp. And then the Night Stalker comes and beats her ass in the middle of the night trying to take, like, jewelry or whatever from her. She escapes out of that and is like, fuck that shit, bitch. I'm going to Redwood. I got to get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. Two things. One, they made Richard Ramirez look like a bad bitch in this movie when that is not the case. <laughs> it is not the case. Richard Ramirez was a fucking nasty motherfucker. Yeah. And was a, I mean, jacked up. Like, first of all, 
jacked up looking. It was just outside of him doing unspeakable acts to people. Like, Number one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then Not just, only was he doing all the bullshit, but he also had like a jacked up. His face like, look was at all jacked up and like teeth all jacked But they made this Richard Ramirez. They made him look so handsome. And I, I was like, oh. <laughs> but it's kind of like what they do with what's his name? Um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. And they make him, uh, not just Jeffrey, it's, yeah. it's another kill, a killer too, um, where they make him seem like he's just way, he's super, like way more handsome than what he really is. And it'll kind of be. The one in Asylum, where he's like, the, the nipple is the lampshade. A Threadson. Dr. Yeah. Threadson. Um, yes, but what is his name? Would he, would he was supposed to be like Ed Gain, right? Yeah. Oh. Uh, they, he had a Netflix yeah. documentary. Uh-huh. It wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer. I can't think of it. Let's watch Charles Manson. It's not Charles Manson because they try to do that with him too. But okay. it's all the one that all the girls are like, oh, he's so fine. And he just, they just had that documentary on Netflix and how he murdered all those women and he basically escaped from the jail. About. I ain't never seen no shit like that in my life. He got so skinny and practiced jumping off the top bunks to the bottom. But it's going to come to me. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I cannot think of him. One name. of these murders in America. Um... But yeah, so they basically tried to make him look like a bad bitch. And I'm not, you know, but also at the same time, he was just rough. Um, and then it, I'm deep sighing because the, the way this season is just like, we gonna fucking do anything. Like, all right, cool. Like, we win it. Um, but she's stalked by the Night Stalker. And then she goes to the camp. And now she's got to deal with Mr. Jingles. This season had so many. Everyone was the murderer. Everyone was the killer in this season. Yes. Yes. Montana was the this, killer. Yep. 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 This is a whole everyone. other thing about like we gonna open up the box and we gonna throw all of the bullshit out. Yes. We get another tie to Coven. If y'all didn't know. Ray was in the same fraternity that uh, what's his name was in but uh, what's oh, fuck. When they went to that party. Tate. Not Tate. Not uh, Evan Peters, though. Yes, Evan Peters. Um, Kyle or yes, something. Yes, Kyle. The same frat that he... Ray was in that frat. The same exact one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I want y'all to know, if you did not know, I am one of the people that be on the internet reading all the AHS spoilers and Easter eggs because I need to know how this seasons, these seasons are connected. To know the business. I have to know. And also, like... But, like, we get, again, we get the whole devil thing. Mm -hmm. We get a big old devil thing up in here. Um, Ramirez is, like, invoking Satan and, mm -hmm. like, all this stuff. Which, historically, that is true. He he claims to be a Satanist, I believe, like, in real life, mm -hmm. uh, I think. Um, and, like, because, obviously, Richard Ramirez is a real person. Yeah. Um, is a real person? Is he dead? He's no longer with us. Uh, yeah. Yes, Keys. He's yeah. no longer with us. Um, and as you were typing to get the information, we also have a, t a tie to Hotel because Richard Ramirez showed up and was one of the serial killers that joined them on Devil's Night. That's right. I think, it, and I actually think also along with, uh, I think you do see uh, at least sort of represented in a way, you definitely see um, John Wayne Gacy, I think, is one yeah. with the clown makeup on. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Who's played, I forget his name, but the same guy who plays Mr. Jingles, who also plays Twisty. Uh, John Carroll Lynch. Yes. Mm -hmm. For fire. 
Matt, listen, actor that, great. He's so good. Oh my god, he plays uh, he plays Twisty, but in in eighty four he plays Mister Jingles and yeah, he plays just as. Who else does he play? He plays um, somebody in Channel Zero, the dad. He does play the dad in Channel Zero, where they oh god for the um, the house. Uh, He's definitely the dad there, and you see what happens to him. No, but I mean, in in eighty four, he he plays Mr. Jingles, but that's it because Mr. When Mr. Jingles, okay, hold his life his his, yeah, it's it's he's he's actually not. I mean, Mr. Jingles is what they call him, but but like he has like a like you find out his name. Like yeah, a, he's a person. Benjamin Richter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. you also find out that he's not even responsible for all. Oh this shit. my gosh! You and we gonna get up into that because Leslie Brooks. Now, <laughs> not only are folks doing all they shit and everybody's running their things, but let me tell you something, Miss Leslie Leslie Grossman, honey said, oh, y'all were going to hold all the things before? I got you, bitch. And she turns the party. I think this is one of my favorite characters I've ever seen her play in my existence. Up in this. I love her. She turns it, bitch. Yes. I like it. I like it very much. Um, Because I feel like I remember her from Cole, and she was annoying as a bitch and was not paying bills. Real, real broke behavior. Did not like it. Man. Really stinky. Um, and then I saw her. She was broke. Apocalypse, and she was like talking shit to Mallory, like a real fucking, you know, white baby. Me. And she was. Remember when she said that shit to Mallory? She lifted her hands and said, "My nails are done. Wipe me." I was like, "Girl, what had me even like really want to throw me. up?" Was Mallory going that whole spill? We're going backwards, but Mallory talking to Michael Landon, like, you know, I know she seems real bad, but you know, she'd be broken without me. And then split screen, and Coco is just dragging her for all her edges and then some. And I'm just like, you know what? The contrast, because bitch, I could never. Mm. I could mm. never. But yes, <laughs> Leslie Grossman was out here giving us everything when she was playing Margaret Booth. I think Margaret Booth was uh. an Excellent in the streets, honey. She was in the streets. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. This was an excellent character, especially because they made it seem like, you know, she was very, like, super religious and she was very, like, you know, holy and she had lots of high morals. And then when she switches just a few episodes in, I like that they did this again in this season. Like, you you get to, they show a lot of, like, the first three to four episodes is they arrive to the camp. We know we find out about everybody else, yes. right? Montana and yes. Trevor and Xavier and like all these people. Yes. And then the shit goes down. Basically, what you expect to happen at the camp. There's a mass murder. Someone's trying to recreate the murder. The backstory, they give you a little Halloween where Mr. Jingles like escapes from the, the local mental asylum and you know, the senior psychiatric ward, and then he comes and he pulls up and he's ready to crank up the murder again. And Margaret's trying to reopen Camp Redwood, but then we find out that Margaret is really the killer and it's being orchestrated by powers that are higher than her. Not just the devil at play here, but the ghost because Camp Redwood is another one of these hellmouth locations um, that exist in the AHS universe. So when people die... A horrific death or just die period at this spot everyone's just stuck here 
because big old callback to Murder House. Oh. Like, and I'm and I'm wondering. This is going to be interesting. I wonder if we're going to figure out, like, if we ever get, and I hope that maybe we will, get to understand, like, what that is. Yes. Because it's very, like, you keep you keep using this fabulous word, um, Jazz and Cat, which I love, which is hellmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you're using that. Very Buffy, right? Yeah. Um, that, like, you live on top of this space where you're... You, you live on top of the space and the space, literally, the, the literal, physical, spiritual, emotional manifestations of this space, you can never leave it, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, very, much, it's very much purgatory, right? Exactly. And in a way, and if this goes too far, like, whatever, but like, uh, like uh, you know, we don't, we don't have to like go down this rabbit hole, but it's very like queer, right? It's very much like a queer space of like, the liminal space between our world, this world, and the next world. There's 1984 gets real like queer with the sexuality yeah. stuff about like fluidity and mm-hmm. like everybody fucking everybody and like they even touch on you know being gay for pay, mm-hmm. gay uh, for pay, but also how like that is like. Yeah, it's it's very much like a. It's interesting that I feel because. Well, and this is this is an interesting like Ryan Murphy like uh, deal, but like Ryan Murphy makes creates space for queer people and like creates spaces for like a like a queering of the lens of what you think the lens is going to look like. Right. And it's like, Oh, totally not that. Right. Right. Yes. No, literally you can't see us. We're nodding. Like, yes. Yes. (laughs) I I feel like when I hear silence, like I just, I just imagine both of y'all just being like, "Mm -hmm." yes. Leaning in closer and closer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. That Oprah, that Oprah gif of her like closing the book, right? And like leaning in, right? Yes. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. But he definitely oh, creates this space and opens it up where all like they're just, and it's also I just like that he just puts them in again. They're like regular people. It's like nobody focuses in like well, yes, let's and edit. effects and do stuff, but they're just people. Like they're, let's, they're and let's touch on that because that is a that was a major call for me with 84. Was seeing Angelica Ross. Yes. For the really for the first time. This is her first season. Yeah. Outside um, the pose. And what I love about that is first of all, she is stunning. Oh my yeah. god, yes. Oh my god. Like gorgeous. And so fucking talented. And like she's amazing on pose. If y'all ain't seen pose, I know that y'all have. But like everybody who's listening, if y'all ain't seen Pose, you need to get your life together because mm-hmm. Pose is it. And Angelica Ross on that show is so fabulous. What I love about this is that Ryan Murphy gave her a character that's unlike anything that we've seen her play. And she was a real person. Yeah. He did not like, he wasn't writing, he was writing a real woman a a real substantial complex 
woman mm-hmm. for her. And we love it. And she and we stand. It. And we stand for that. Yeah. She nailed it. And she makes it to the end. Talk about complex. Though. Final girl, bitch. Yes. Her daddy was wilding. Oh, you thought she was about God. to pull up. She oh, that scene took me out. She pulled up on her father. And this First of man, all, when we find out her name is not even Nurse Rita, and she's fucking Dee Dee. Listen, D D. Started there, so she's already a scammer. <laughs> we know that much. But even with her scamming, like you said, her her actual background is just really dark. It's very fucking morbid. There's a lot of redemption in it. Um, but then there's like that obsession part around said redemption story. Um, she finds out that her dad is not cheating, that her dad is actually a mass murderer. And yeah. I was like, whoa. Now, so backing up in terms of like, when we talk about like mass murderers and we see all these documentaries and all this other stuff, it's usually like white men and white women wilding the fuck out. Yeah. And, you know, there are black serial killers like that like where is that book do y'all know about any like i'm serious do y'all know of any like literature about that because like i do not where is that book who's gonna write that fucking book because yeah if it if it exists i want to read it if it does not exist it needs to exist um because there was a gentleman who was most recently like they talked forgot his name in the last five to ten years and they found out that you know he was already in jail or getting arrested for like one murder, but he was like responsible for like a string of murders in like the eighties and the seventies, and he was getting up into the double digits. And I know it was like, oh my god, this is getting so dark, and this is fascinating to me, but also it terrifies me um, because it's also like you know we're very much a community of we keep everything in house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we know these kind of people exist and I'm not celebrating these people at all. I'm just also like, this is really fucking scary. Um, so this character essentially discovers that her dad is a serial killer. And not only is he a serial she walks in in the middle of him doing the act. She sees his whole setup. He's playing like this funky ass 70s music. It's lit. Um, and he sees, she sees the wall of his victims where he's now like kept pictures of them being disemboweled and violated as trophies mm-hmm. uh, and Polaroids. And then her dad walks in and she's like, dad, what the hell's going on? And he's like, Dee, you were never supposed to know this side of me. No one was supposed to know this side of me. And he talks about like what killing feels like to him. Like it's like an itch and a desire that he can't ever satisfy. So during the day, he's like this double consciousness. Like he's living this double life. He's, mm-hmm. Honestly, he's living more than just a double life because he has to deal with, you know, being outside every day as a regular person. He has to be the person that has, like, a face for his family. Mm-hmm. And then who he really is, well, he is accepted that he's, you know, just a guy who murders people. It seems like yeah. it's mostly women, too, which is a whole nother issue for me. Hmm. Uh, but, and then now Dee Dee's on this road to redemption and she's trying to save her dad. She's like, I feel like, you know... Daddy, you don't always have to be this way. And you kind of see where she's kind of tied into Mr. Jingles because of this. And her dad takes his life because he's like, I know, I hear what you're saying, that you're going to try to save me, but there's no saving me. And now someone else knows my secret. So you saw all those bodies on the wall? I'm going to prison. I am black, so I will be the prison. They will use my remains to build the extension to the building. Okay? I'm going to prison and then some. They're going to get rid of me. And that was just like crazy to watch within itself. 
because uh, these are, I know there are stories that fiction or be non-fiction or whatever, these are real stories that exist. Um, so I'm just like, uh, I'm scared. Oops. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's so complex. And Angelica Ross does such a beautiful job of finding that balance mm-hmm. between, because we, we do have that, right? Like I think every human being has has the has to find that balance of like when it's somebody you love you love them unless you're like a sociopath right uh, you love them you know unconditionally right and it's like she finds this like ache in that's my daddy but also like god I'm this is so fucked up right like you know, when, when we find out things about people that we love and, and how we sort of navigate those interpersonal dynamics, which is such a beautiful moment. And, and Ryan Murphy, I feel like, does that in every single relationship, particularly in this season. I would argue maybe not since Murder House do we get really like into the interpersonal dynamics yeah. of these people. Um freak show. And freak yeah, absolutely freak show. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um maybe not since Murder House Freak Show and I would say 84 for me, just so far as like those really deep like emotional threads. Yeah. Um we start to see yeah, I agree with you. I truly do. Um, but yeah, so like you're saying, like we're learning so quickly the dark past of everyone and all these different characters and now they're getting murdered on this property. There's stuff on the property. We learn about Margaret Booth and how she juked and finessed her way all the way to the top. Listen. <laughs> uh, she essentially is the OG killer, but she made, um, what is that, Benjamin Richter uh, believe that he was the one essentially responsible for mass murdering all those children that one night in the cabin. Right, Um, she completely gaslights him, right? And she completely, like, plants all that shit. Absolutely. You did this. You, you know, manipulating, manipulating, manipulating. And, of course, right, you come to find out uh, towards the end of the season, I think, but, but you come to find out that, like, Oh, now you understand why he went along with it because he was in love with her. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um. Oh, and on top of that, on Margaret's side, the she was also influenced by Benjamin Richter's mom because, like we had mentioned before, this is not the first horrific thing that's happened at this camp. This camp had a different name. It had a different little identity. It was closed down before because Benjamin's mom went on a murdering spree. She was like the camp, like store, you know, the general store lady, you know, who out here is the can basically the candy lady at the camp. And um chef too. And her son had died after she told Benji, the oldest son, keep your eye on your little brother. She also, we learned, did not she had a strong dislike for her son. She had a favorite. The youngest was her favorite and the oldest was someone she was just like, girl, and I was like, well baby, I know abortions were not an option for you, but I wish it was because you seriously seem like that's how much you dislike your child. Like something was deeper than this and you were yeah. forced to have You didn't have to put him through this. He don't deserve that. He did not deserve any of that fucking venomous tongue action you were giving to him. Like this was just not it. 
Um, but she, you know, her youngest dies. He's swimming in the lake, an ode to, you know, um, hello. <laughs> you see it. You see it throughout the day. Like, if, if you were thinking 80 slash or any fucking movie you could think of, they're throwing it at you. Literally, any and every movie you can think of from the 80s is a part of this. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, you know, the boat rolls out, rides over his head, and chops the little boy up. So, of course, he dies. And then, it, like, we already said that this is a place where the, it's a purgatory for these souls. So, she's also pissed as a ghost at this point which is how we get back to Margaret. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't stand her fucking old... Vengeance, seat. vengeance. Exactly. Um, she's dead because, you know, she's been gone on. It killed all these children, so now she's gone. Mm-hmm. She got her wiped off the earth. Benjamin is sick because his little brother is dead. His mama hate him, and now she's a vengeful-ass ghost. And the, speaking of vengeful ghosts, she's got influence on Margaret because she whispered in her ear while Margaret was sleeping. She also makes a note the lady in white. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk more about her in episode seven, more in detail, because you learn about, more about Benjamin's mm-hmm. past too, which I do like in the season. Um, but that she whispered in Margaret's ear and she makes a note about Margaret. She's like, well, that girl was already kind of messed up in the head. So we learned that Margaret was already mm-hmm. plotting on killing. And that makes me think that if they were able to, or if they had the time to dive deep into Margaret's story, like what did she do that were the signs mm-hmm. that led up to this moment at the sleepaway camp. Like, has she done any small situations at home? Kind of like we talk about with Michael Layden, where you're not know, murdering. Oh, absolutely, yeah. With the, yeah, with they start the animal with, like, thing. Exactly, that. exactly. So I, I don't know, but you know, it's murder. And let's everybody- just talk about. Let's talk about Big Daddy. Oh Lord. Uh, let's talk about some Big Daddy. Big Daddy Trevor. Are we talking about him as Trevor now? Are we going to mention him ever as Mr. Shu? Are we going to pretend that he was ever? Because <laughs> I couldn't see it. I, every time he came on the screen, I was like, I'm watching Glee. <laughs> That's Mr. Shu! <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching Glee. And the teacher from Glee is talking about the size of his penis. I'm uh-huh. watching Glee with penis talk. First of all, I, I didn't watch Glee. so Because yeah, y'all know how I feel about the Glee. Um, in singing, um, so I, I in fact was not gonna be involved That's in okay, that. I understand. But I, I definitely, I'm like, I, now I'm trying to imagine this person. You don't need to. with his dingus in <laughs> his shorts, you know, pushing it into the camera. I'm trying to imagine this person singing and being coaching or being involved in these people singing in this very happy ass show. And I'm like, what? He didn't have the 70s porn stash. He okay. had like throwback Justin Timberlake kind of curl. Perm. Absolutely. It was very wow. different. Yeah, yeah. It looked Frosted very, very tips. different. Very different. Lots yeah. tips. Baby. It was, he was not the brunette that he was in this show. He wasn't given sex appeal. He tried, but it was like Middle of America. But I also love that Matthew Morrison, which you have to know, like, if, if you don't know this, like, Matthew Morrison's a Broadway baby. Like, he started in New York Theater mm-hmm. and, like, did New York Theater for many years. He played Link in the original production of Hairspray. Like, for, he's the real deal. Like, real deal Broadway singing, acting, dancing, um, you know, song and dance man. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... It's so interesting to watch him compl- just be like, you know, I'm sure they probably got in touch with him and they were like, look, this is what we're thinking. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Cool. That sounds like 
And I enjoyed it. I didn't dislike it at all. It was good to see a different side of him. I kept saying, Mr. Shoe, but I also was just like, oh, this is a different side of him. I haven't seen him kind of play yeah. this kind of role before. But so. I'll tell you, though, I can't resist a pretty face. <laughs> and that Cody Fern and that frosted wig, child. Cody and, looks so cute. And that, like, lavender um, parachute pants and, like, his little his little earring and like his like little Billy Idol hair. I'm like, go ahead on baby. His little Swiss Swiss outfit, even though Xavier I- had a really sad story where his dad was basically um, pimping him out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, porn and yeah. all this other stuff. And I said, and use it to blackmail him. And he just wanted to start over until, you know, the murderer, somebody murdered his dad. He was like, I don't really know that guy. Shit, yeah, shit, yeah, shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but just to like swoosh over today, because this season, once again, is another one was very convoluted. It had a lot of side stories. It was, mm-hmm. it was, I was entertained by all the side story. I didn't feel like it was a lot oh, yeah. of fucking filler. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Montana, Billy Lord, again, mm-hmm. killing the game. Like she's mm-hmm. literally, um, and she's like, she, you find out that like she's like Montana's all involved with the oh god yes the fucking Night Stalker and like fucking Richard Ramirez and like all this shit and like he she gets him to come there and like all this shit so like yes Ramirez ends up at the camp and like it's just ugh. now it doesn't follow the actual real life timeline with which they imposed previously in the AHS timeline with Richard Ramirez and how he talks about how he died in jail. Um, Because then they show him in jail later on because he's like stalking Brooke because everyone has, well, Margaret has pinned all these murders on Brooke. So everyone thinks once again, you know, they only go let people escape so many times. Like so many people didn't die at her previous wedding days. So now they're like, all right, this must be her. Like the kids pulled up on the bus. They see the dead people. Everyone at this point has probably killed someone else. So it's like a game of Clue. It's very Yes, very Uh, bad. Love Clue. Um, And so, but that's what we should talk about that. Oh, listen, maybe we can come back. I'm going to write that down right now. Clue. Oh, Clue. my God. I haven't seen Clue in so long. Holy shit, it's my movie. But I used I love to it. play the game. The Ugh. board game? Oh, man. Come on, Candlestick. I'm about to get, take your ass out of here. Um, so, yes. Then we, you know, Brooks on death row. Um, Richard Ramirez is locked up. He's trying to get her to make a deal with the devil. The devil's like, I see what you was doing. I love that shit. How about it's very you? much. It's very much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to just jump in, but it's, it's yeah. very much uh, the stand, actually. Yes. Which is uh, the whole deal with like I definitely see like that throwback to like Randall Flag, like Richard Ramirez is very much for the Stephen King folks out there, like very much like a Flag character, um, but uh, un- unlike Flag, Richard Ramirez is like directly dealing with the devil. Um, like it's mm. never explicitly said. I don't think in the stand that Randall Flagg is like a spawn of the devil. He's just like Mm -hmm. supernatural. But uh, Rich Ramirez definitely fucking with the devil. Uh, You know, definitely like invoking Satan and like all that shit. But yeah, they locked her ass up. They locked her girl up. Bro, (laughs) shit. Locked her motherfucking ass up. She done up in there. Yes, and then they they killed her or what we thought killed her. And Dee Dee comes back because they didn't, it was just it, just the whole reveal of how she's not dead and they actually, you know, get her to escape death. Oh, and, my God. Now, that when that happened, yes, I literally was like, ah! I was like, what the fuck? Like, I yes. was like, oh, my God. Because, yeah, like, it when you first see it, 
it's it's beautifully shot also mm-hmm. you know and you're like fuck man she's fucking dead and then she she gets up and you're like yeah <gasps> what the fuck and then it then i think the next episode that was definitely like a cliffhanger moment i think and then like the next episode right it like shows you what happened and you find out that dd Dee Dee is the executioner and like she doesn't really mm-hmm. kill her um and yeah, so then she like gets her out, right? And like they, they she gets Brooke out. So now it's Dee Dee and Brooke. And they have that whole, fu- that scene is so amazing where they have that whole conversation about the final girl. Yes. Which First I love. Dee Dee and Brooke went through, like they tried to give us Thelma and Louise minus, you know, them participating in all this bad stuff and jumping off, going off the cliff at the end. Um, but them, you know, ended up in their own situation, even after escaping death so many times, they brushed, they brushed shoulders with death again because they- Oh, with that man. Oh, and he just forces himself on them and he's trying to murder them because, you know, they have the reunion at Camp Redwood because everyone is really on this vengeance for Margaret because Margaret is at um, the execution day and Brooke turns to the glass and is like, Margaret, I know that you're there. I see you, bitch. Bitch. Through the mirror. <laughs> um, we are, I know I'm innocent. You know I'm innocent. You know I didn't do this and you know the shit was you. And Margaret's sitting back there. Like, bitch, fuck you. Everybody, like, looking around like, oh. Margaret's like, bye, bitch. Bye, ho. And then, of course, Margaret was upset because she's like, I thought this was going to be way worse. Like, I thought it was going to take way longer than this. I don't understand. This was uneventful. <laughs> I am bored. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know they. He's leaving much, a Yelp review right now. Yes. <laughs> they drive. Well, they try to drive away, and then a killer gets on their tail. Oh my uh, gosh! They can't catch a damn break. Then they decide to go to this festival back at Camp Redwood. Yes, right. right. So Margaret now has everybody's dead. Like everybody at the camp is dead. All the counselors, Montana, Xavier. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gus Kenworthy, baby, oh, baby, mm. oh, and they knew what the fuck they were doing. They put him in that shower scene, honey, with the Gus Kenworthy, honey. Yes, oh my, they was looking like a snack, a whole meal, honey. That's a man right there. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so right, so like all this shit happens, but you know, and, and you find out that like Margaret, uh, got away from the camp, and. Uh, Mary's that Trevor's not dead. Right. Mm. Is he? No. No, not yet. Sorry. She she kills him. But like, uh, right, like he's not dead. He's like the only one that's not dead. He's a kept husband, but he's also kept against his will because she marries him so he can't testify against her. Um, And he kind of just goes along with it and is complicit for years and she gives him all the coke she wants, but actually she's just like half in it. I think she's half in it for the dick because um, she really can truly just kill him whenever she pleases. And she makes that clear on multiple occasions when they kind of go uh, uh, during that real, I forget what episode it is, when they're doing like that um, what is the fabulous life kind of... Oh, like, like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah. Girl, and, and she's they in talk like about a power her. bitch suit and like yeah. Yes. And they talk about her owning Briarcliff so that nod to season two. Hello. She yes, owns Briarcliff. Like. She owns everything. Briarcliff, Briarcliff, the fucking um, where Charles Manson, that fucking ranch where they were parlaying and linking up. Oh, she yes. owns 
Um, what's yeah. that? Who's that house with that lady? The Winchester house. She fucking owns everything. Yeah, yeah she's like a she's like a real estate for haunted shit. John Wayne Gacy's house. She owns that shit too. She does like haunted tours and haunted shit. So right, so they're gonna have this big, huge like battle of the bands with like every eighties band you've ever heard of. Billy Idol yes. is coming, all this shit, and Margaret's like losing her shit because it's Billy Idol, blah blah blah, at Camp Redwood. And the whole deal, funny. right, is that it's not gonna be Camp Redwood anymore because I can't use that name anymore. It's mm. gonna be a new. It's it's called, which is interesting because I think they call it. Hold on, I got the thing here. What do they call the camp? Um, I forgot what they were trying to call what it was again because they were trying to do the come on back with the you know beneficiary concert. We about to open this camp shit back up. Golden Star. Uh, was that the old name or is that the new name? The, the new name. The new name is is Golden Star. What was the old name before Redwood? I completely forgot. Uh, the old name. Did I write that down? I didn't write it down. Um, think about it. Oh, I'm upset. I, for some reason, I didn't write that down. But it had a whole nother name. I have opened it up. Hold on. That's all right. Wait, that's a real. Oh, yeah. Camp Redwood is what we. That's the first thing, and then. Yeah, I don't know. That's all right. It'll pop up to us, but it's coming back as a new joint. The ghosts have already been plotting on Margaret. They said we was tired of seeing your ass via the newspapers that people were leaving before we just went on a field day and murdered them. We were tired of getting all this information and we are ready to murder you, girl, because the only reason why we were stuck on this literal hell on earth is because of you. Oh, I'm sorry. I I found it. Yes. I'm sorry. Camp Golden Star was the original name. Oh. Camp Golden Star and then it became Camp Redwood. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is, is that I think, and I think this was a point, I think I'm remembering that there's a scene about this where uh, Trevor's like, you can't call it Camp Redwood. Like that's, that's what it was, you know, back in the day and all this stuff. And she's like, of course we can. That's why people want to come. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't going to change the name again because she wanted to make the money and the profit off of the her name. Pack. Mm-hmm. Because she's the worst person in the world. She a she's also a fucking serial killer. Yeah. She's a bitch. But she does all this, gets this little party jumping. There's a roadblock. The band gets killed. Fucking Trevor, Night Stalkers yeah. pulled up to kill people. Mr. Jingle's out here trying to prevent people from dying. Everybody about to get got died. And then there's ghosts killing people too. So they're like, they end up killing her. Because fuck her, and they chop her body into little pieces too, and they, they throw chop her, her in the wood chipper, turn her into soup. They turn her into soup. Yeah, but we do find out later that she died a split second before <laughs> going over the gate. So she's been spending all these decades, like kind of just hidden on the property, so nobody knew she was there, so she could pop out at the right moment mm-hmm. to get- try to get Bobby. And she does. Oh, that's right, because we find out. out. Remember that. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh that Mr. Jingles slash Richard, um, I mean, um, Ben Richter, Richter. Mm-hmm. Uh, after sort of all of the events of Camp Redwood and he gets out and escapes the mental institution, he moves to Alaska and marries a woman and they have a child together. 
Well, yep. then fucking Ramirez finds the fucking ass and chops the wife. Yes, as vengeance and payback because um, Benjamin basically turned him over to right. the community. Right. Um, so what we know is that real life thing where the community was beating mm-hmm. fucking Richard Ramirez's ass. So that's how he tried to kick, connect him back into another real life event. Uh, when he was at the corner store and they showed a picture of him on the front of the newspaper. So um, Benjamin Richter, like, just, you know, basically points and shakes his head towards the door, like, yo, he's in there. Uh, and then he pulls off in the car skirt, skirt, as Richard Ramirez is getting stomped out by the neighborhood. Wow. While yep. Stomp was playing in my head. So he swears revenge. Revenge. As they do. But the whole they can't chop the baby mouse up. Right. And the whole point is that, that, there's this baby that we don't know what happens to mm-hmm. until we see uh, Finn Whitrock come in as Bobby. And, yeah. and at first you're kind of like, who the fuck is this? Like somebody else we have to keep track. We've done all this with killing all these people and they're in purgatory, blah, blah, blah. Then you find out that Bobby is the baby grown up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he goes. He goes to Camp Redwood to attempt to. Does he go after Margaret? No, he's trying to find his dad. That's because that's... because yeah. When um, what's his name? When Benjamin, right before Benjamin, uh, after he dropped off the baby to his wife's sister's house, um, she's like peering off into the darkness, and he yells out like, "It's not safe." When he's old enough, please let him know what was going on. And Bobby tells us that the aunt had died on her deathbed. She told him about what really what was the story behind yep. his dad. And he goes and does the extra research. He's like, I refuse to believe that my dad was just this evil guy, which is when he like has that conversation with Dee Dee. Because mm-hmm. he goes to Camp Redwood, he leaves Camp Redwood, and then he goes back to Camp Redwood. Um, because regardless of how the ghost is trying to beat their ass and they explain to him what's going on and they see his iPhone and they're talking about the 80s and he's like, girl, it's 20, 20 something. Girl, shut this shit up. Um, it's not happening. Um, he is still on this mission to find his dad and all the ghosts make it very clear that no one has seen Benjamin or Mr. Jingles. Does Montana fuck him? I think she does. Who? No. No, Montana tries to, but then Trevor comes out because we realize, we find out how Trevor died. And they're playing around That's with right. like the weapons, and yeah, she's like, "I'm just trying to have sex with Trevor till the end of time because we in love, and I don't want to murder people no more." Um, but Margaret tries to kill Bobby, and this makes um, Jingles pop up to protect him, and Jingles's mom comes back because she's you know finally at peace because the real Bobby, his uncle, has shown up. The ghost has decided to. I feel like the ghost was waiting for uh, Benji. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that whole scene, right? Um, I think there's a whole scene where uh, when you find We're out... At the lake. Yeah, yeah. Like, you find out that that uh, Benji goes... He, it, it's that whole scene in The Woman in White, right? Like where they have mm-hmm. that whole conversation, him and the mama, da 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 and then he's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. So he kills himself on the property at the lake. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I think it's then when you find out that, like, they're all together. Yeah. Which is crazy because 
Bobby could have shown himself to his mom the entire time. So the mom is pissed because she can't find Bobby. And Bobby's like, I'm actually waiting for Benji. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't bang with Benji, but I bang with Benji. And it's not Benjamin's fault that Bobby died. He was watching Bobby. I mean, Bobby's in the water. What the who expects a fucking boat to go over and chop Bobby up while he's swimming underwater? And what underwater? was he gonna do? He can't jump in and say that he's yell literally yelling at the gentleman in the boat, which they die of anyways, because the mom is like, I ain't having it. But, hey, move your boat, friend! And that's, he about to jump in the water and kill and get died too? Well, she would arrive eventually. Well, yeah, because she, she made she ain't banging him anyways. Yeah. But, I thought that was sweet. Um, I thought that that was a nice little sourpuss pie for the mom, because you're fawning over a child that actually adores his older brother more than he kind of seems to adore you, especially because of how you've been treating the older brother. He's a ghost. He sees your ass. Um, mm -hmm. He didn't deserve all the hate you were bringing his way. Um, and that's just actually sad because you're somebody that brought him into his life and you were truly taking that. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. So that was a thing. But I did like how they had a good closure in the end because the grandma was really just, you know, she also wanted to see Bobby protected. When she came in and hold the hell out of Margaret, like, girl, Margaret, get the hell on. Y'all be Margaret ass. Um, because I don't know who you thought this was, my was but this, right, this is my grandbaby. I'll beat your ass. Girl. Well, I not she, I think, doesn't, I think Lavinia is the, the, the woman, uh, the mother, yes. the woman in white, Lily Rabe. Uh, doesn't she tell the ghosts Oh no, it's not Margaret. It's Ramirez. She somebody tells the ghosts that the only way for them to keep Ramirez out of out of the situation is if they keep murdering him. Right. Which they do. And I also think, don't they say something about Oh no, no. I think I'm conflating the two. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So that's the deal with Ramirez that they tell the, she she or somebody tells the ghosts like you have to keep killing him. Yeah, but she also lets them know, like, you know, it seems like she's the one really calling the shots. And I really want to know, was the land haunted before? before. Or yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I'm just out of curiosity. It made it seem like because of her um, horrific death or murder or, you know, situation that was caused on this land, it might have caused it. But I feel like it might have already been that situation before. I also, ooh, Every time, like, a horrific situation that creates one of these, like, hell mouth purgatory mm -hmm. situations, it always makes me feel like Japanese and Asian horror, um, where mm. something really bad happens, and now this entire house is just filled with death and sorrow, and it doesn't matter how many times you try to fix the situation, it's still a plague on you and your houses. Like, this is just what's Ooh, happening. Come on, Shakespeare. Very that. Yes. Very that. <laughs> um, but that seems to be a theme that happens in all these shows anyway it's like think about Hotel Cortez oh you know we're going to try to get out of this hotel you can never leave exactly everyone checks it including the workers they never leave they're now permanent staff even with this thing as well you come onto this land and you're going to die like it's straight there's what's well, every... that whole thing well speaking of like Salem's lot right like it's that yeah, whole yes. it's all that shit right about like ancestral indigenous burial ground and like all that shit is that what happens at crystal lake in friday the 13th do we figure out what the 
origins of Crystal Lake are? No, you know we don't. We don't. It's more so they focus on Jason because the counselors and everybody who dies there, they never come back. You never see those ghosts. You only see Jason. And I feel like maybe he har- what if he harnessed all the Crystal Lake power and he was the first one? So yeah, because there's definitely something supernatural going on there. Because yeah, how the he hell this baby drowned and now he's back beating everybody's ass for it's the time? The grief, maybe the grief of his mother and the rage of his mother from the first movie. Mm. She died in rage. You know, when great emotion, that's where the curses are born. Mm. She died. Yes, fighting for him. And maybe that's what brought him the fuck out the war. Because at the end, that's where you see him come out the war. Yeah. Maybe it was her so rage that she birthed the curse. And that's what, because otherwise the movie, the plot makes no sense because he dead. He can't come back. Yeah. So no, we're making this way because I love, <laughs> I got a Friday the 13th shirt on right now, nigga. Like we are doing this. Um, No, what we're doing is her rage birthed a curse and now Jason here beating everybody ass and her rage is never ending. So now he cannot die. <laughs> work very like Medea like very like ancient Greek uh yeah it's like it's like well it's 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 like ancient Greek tragedy right like that like mm-hmm. there's it's just a perpetual cycle of uh yeah so many intersections right like grief death sex the devil, uh, rage. you know, rage and and sort of all of these things, um, and yeah, ultimately, there's like this weird happy ending, yeah. Which also, like, I'm kind of not mad about, right? About like Ch- Margaret shoots Trevor, and she purposely like takes him off the land right that's kind of like the last mm-hmm. or is it bobby no no no. she she, she did that with trevor he crawled back though because he had that barricade and she shot him off the property kind right, of like right. you know, her house we already know if you die off of the property so he like crawls back and like montana it, like drags him back i think right and brooke like, um pulls up because when brooke and Dee had finally made it to camp redwood that's right when they escaped the killer and she picked his body up and pushed him over the line and montana was like why did you do this nice thing for me and she's like girl i, I don't hate you i'm just i'm this is just it. Like we're ending this. Because the bigger the you have bigger fish to fry. You're exactly. very on the minuscule thing. And once again, bitch, I never slept with your brother. Like, I've never slept with your brother. You're mad at me because your brother was murdered on my wedding day. Bitch, how do you think I feel? Because <laughs> it was my fucking wedding day. I didn't even do anything. And this is all everybody thinks is my fault when it's just someone else's jealousy and all these other insecurities they had and it harnessed into this very like violent situation and it was just you know it was just all bad yeah and then now it's ultimately for me it's it's been a while since i've watched 84 but Mm -hmm. what happens to bobby bobby makes it out so in the end, when he, he goes back, because he talks to Dee Dee and she fills in the blank, they rediscover that Brooke was alive this whole time. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. That's right. He was sending him the checks because right? he thought it was her. Exactly. Okay. Yes. He goes back. Um, he gets to see, you know, the three are all linked up. Benji, uh, Lavinia, and baby Bobby. And he's on the other side of the, uh, what is that? The line of the, the property line. Um, and they're playing the, you know, the music, the hero music that he made it. Um, but he basically got to meet his dad and his family. So he knows where he came from. 
and that closed that loop for him. He knows not to go back because Richard Ramirez is still going to be on that ass. Um, and he knows that the ghost, Margaret, uh, and all the other people who are not the camp counselors are going to try to kill him. Yeah. So please continue to stay away, friend. It's not... It's not for it's you. Not, exactly. It, it, stop trying to follow the allure of Camp Redwood. Like, do not go back. Even his family was imploring him, do not come back to see us. Right. There's no point. Please live your life. Because you get that. they're going to kill you if you keep coming back here. We're going to slip up. We slipped up this time. You almost got both of them try, made an attempt on your life. And you've been here for uh, 30 minutes. So, I love you, but get you out. have to walk away. Yeah. Um, And I thought that was a good ending for that season. It definitely felt like, like I said, a, 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 or like we all talked about, an 80s slasher. Like, even with all this death and decay, there's some sort of a happy ending with a question mark. Who mm-hmm. knows? A little bit. Absolutely. And I love that, again, I love that we have that. I think there's a moment at the end, at the like at the end, end, end of like, of Brooke and, and Dee Dee being like, we really are the final girls. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we really did get through it. Um, Just really interesting. To me, I felt like personally, I felt like Emma Roberts, like, this was the best performance that she's given. Yeah. So far. In the in the anthology. I, I Absolutely. Personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. My least favorite character of hers, I think, is with, is her character in uh, Freak Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. When she died, I felt I was not connected bye. to her at all. <laughs> I was just ready for her to go. I said bye. Yeah. Bye, ho. Um, so as we wrap this up, let's get our final thoughts. Um, does anyone have any favorite villains in the entire series? Any favorite or least favorite, um, the, like the standout mythological creatures like Piggy Man or, um, who the fuck is that? Uh, Twisty or whatever, whatever, like favorite seasons. Let's Um, start with Jazz. Okay. So... Apocalypse was a big wild ride and I really enjoyed Kathy Bates a lot. Yes. Um, 1984 was also a really fun time because Angelica Ross was chaotic but chaotic good. Like she wasn't trying to do a bad like she she had a pretty noble cause although she was willing to make shaky decisions for that cause. I think that was a really fun time. Now Cult I didn't really like anyone because all, at most of the main characters were a part of the cult at one point and they, mm-hmm. that makes them all shaky characters. Um, they do a lot of wild shit and it's kind of unnecessary and it's it was too soon. It was too soon, Ryan Murphy. You put vinegar on the wounds. I did not like that. Oh, was not fun. Uh, but, you know, the villains as far as you know, 1984, where we have this this hellmouth camp where all these people keep coming back to life is insane. That's a fun time. And then when you talk about Apocalypse, Michael was formidable. He was like, you saw him being human, but he also was the devil's spawn. He mm-hmm. was like, wow, why don't you love me? Oh my God, I just killed 60 people. What the fuck is your problem? Manipulation. Um, so that was a good time. I did like Michael. I enjoyed watching Michael um, kind of 
you know, come through and say, I'm going to kill you. Although he had was full of hubris because he just, bitch, I'm powerful. You can't beat my ass. And then he got his ass beat because somebody went back in time and beat his ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was right. That was the only way. You had to go back before he really knew his powers because you really, in fact, could not beat his ass. He knew himself. So that was, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Ashley, what about you? Um, I will say that for me, it's it's definitely a, apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, then eighty four, and then cult. Yeah. Um, okay. Because uh, for me, like, I, it's for me, Coven. Period. Like, Coven is is the ultimate. Um, my ultimate favorite season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so sort of in in the. AHS universe that we've covered today, definitely Apocalypse is the first one. Um, I love the the Michael Langdon storyline. I thought they did a really great job with that. Um, 84, I love the campy, really like leaning into that camp real hard, uh, but but sort of throwing a lot at it. I, I could have maybe done without the I could have done without the whole there was the whole thing about like the copycats and like sort of all of that yeah. I, I I kind of could have done without that because I feel like they had so much mm-hmm. I also could have done a little bit with a little bit less of the Ramirez thing yeah, he, he was on a lot of I feel like they were really trying to give us a lot with that Personally. it could have stopped at a certain point yeah. Um, and then obviously Colts is is my least favorite. I be because and because I think that sort of absent of all the clown shit and like all that, uh mm-hmm. like the purge aspect of it, because it's very that, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's really fucking scary. Uh what I mean is that I think cult completely taps into maybe more so than any other season that we've seen of this show so far cult to me taps into the fear and trauma the most Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to identify with Allie Sarah Paulson's character and like and like we're sort of constantly brought back to 2016 like we're we're constantly like brought back to that time Mm -hmm. um and that to me is still very triggering yeah so I agree um, I agree with both of you guys, especially as I agree with the point of we're constantly being brought back in 2016. Even now, like, this man not even president no more, but people can't seem to keep his name out of their mouths. I'm tired of hearing his name. On major news networks. I'm like, girl, what the hell? Like, can we... <laughs> <laughs> can we move on? Can we just like can we worry about when the hell the stimmy's going into the account? Can we drop the Where the money to- reside? Where- Listen, Come on. Stimmy Turner. They're asking for their money, Joe. Because we are. We're on the streets asking. Um, but in terms of 
my stem Jones. Okay, come on, because I know you about to do it. Um, my favorite, least favorites in the terms of the the three episodes, the three seasons we talked about today, and overall in the series. Um, mine is the same exact order. Cult Apocalypse nineteen eighty four. Excuse me, that's not it. Cult is the worst. Apocalypse nineteen eighty four. Cult at the bottom. Um, y'all already hit the points on yeah. why. Um, overall. I think one of my favorite things now that I think I'm obsessed with with the whole series is like the Hellmouths, as we talked about. Like, because we have mm-hmm. we have the OG at um, Murder, House. Murder House, we have Hotel Cortez, we have Camp Redwood, we also have the Big Shaker Mansion over at Roanoke, which people don't really talk about with the Mott House. Oh yes, yeah, and I love that. Season. I wonder, and... I wonder about that, and yes, it, it's. See, <laughs> because like we didn't really get into it, but but I'm very curious, and, and I would be curious to see how Ryan Murphy sort of does this because I'm oh, I'm sorry, Boo. Did you finish up your your? Coffee? Oh no, you're you're good. That's it. Um, yeah, because I'm very curious to see sort of because Ryan Murphy's like dipped his toes into like pose and like queer stories about like queer people of color and like sort of all that i wonder if we're gonna get the the whole like tag for this season 10 of course which is all conjecture at this point like nobody knows fucking anything Mm -hmm. what we do know is that like i was just looking it up earlier today but like the code name is pilgrim and like mm-hmm. all that shit, but like we got all that, we got a lot of that from Roanoke. But right. Roanoke has not really been touched on since we've had that season, right? Like at all. So I'm curious if we might get more of that. I I kind of wonder what would happen if if Ryan Murphy like. And I wonder if he ever would do this, you know, because it's so produced, right? Like it's so, the cinematography, the costumes, the wigs, the special effects, it's so produced and such like a production that I kind of wonder what would happen if it was just like completely stripped down. What if it's like fucking American Horror Story going with the Pilgrim theme of like what these people brought here you know what i think you're definitely onto something and if it's not touched on in season 10 i would like to see it in that side thing that you know was discussed but i really haven't heard much information come out about it recently was american horror stories or whatever they were doing that where it's supposed to be like a separate spinoff whether it was like online they didn't really dive too much online or a show but it was supposed to touch on multiple seasons like you know add to those stories in this already existing universe Mm -hmm. and i was excited to see that in addition to i agree with you i feel like roanoke hasn't been touched on that in terms of like lost colonies or pilgrims and colonies in general because roanoke is not the only lost colony uh, in the history of the americas Mm -hmm. um so just going into that once again touching on american history and american horror in history and what that looks like um, already the theories online are people like, you know, they love to bring it back to the aliens because 
although they can't leave the extraterrestrials alone, I will give it to folks. Kit Her was it Kit not Kit Harrington because that's a whole other person. Wow. Um, right. But uh Kit's character mm -hmm. from season two and how he was abducted and he had the whole like open family situation. That's just crazy because we have an open ending on that. We don't know what happened to him because we knew he had cancer at the end, but But he was taken. They took him. Them. Exactly. And then his children, we don't know what happened to them. Mm. Um, and they're also product of like, you know, alien invasion type situation. Um, another theory on mine is potentially sirens. Because uh, I know they talk about like the soul. There's something about like water, right? And like an ocean and. Yes. And the apparently the Easter egg that everyone is focusing in on, on eight, 1984, when... Um, Dee Dee and Brooke are at the booth and the girl works for like the Inquiry or some sh National Enquirer or some shit like that. And she's like, yeah, I've seen you before. You're Brooke. Mm -hmm. I know exactly. Like, you know, people usually focus on Bigfoot. Um, she mentioned something about like a like oh, the Loch Ness Monster and then they were talking about aliens and extraterrestrials. I'm like, so if it doesn't have anything to do with the Loch Ness Monster and if we're going off the picture with the super sharp like Oh, like the shark teeth, right? Like, yeah, I'm like, maybe it has something to do with something aquatic. You know, I can see the siren kind of ideals here. I know it wouldn't have anything maybe like with Loch Ness Monster, but something like, or like I don't know, Freak Show, we could be getting back, we could get some of that. We could. In. Although, I feel like we had that in... Boardwalk, Jersey Shore. What, what? Oh, she said she was thinking like bird, a boardwalk kind of like a situation like because it was yeah, sandy uh -huh. yeah um so another like criminal situation. situation but then there's the devil at play or maybe there's a demon i don't know mm -hmm. maybe you could play on you know influential characters i hope we don't do mer people because i'm like come on now yeah i hope um, it doesn't i hope it doesn't get like that in into it i the sci-fi thing would be kind of cool because like we definitely touched on that in Asylum, but like the whole sci-fi sort of aspect of it, mm -hmm. we really haven't gone back to that. Um, so far as like aliens and like, or extraterrestrial stuff and like, you know, kind of yeah. things like that. I kind of wonder. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously nobody knows, but I know that I do know that they're filming and, like Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is very much like a Ooh. sea town and literally like on an island, like on a strip of land in the middle of the ocean. Like, um, so That's yeah, they definitely are like filming in places like that. Uh, and the code name is Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wonder if we'll get some more of that. But yeah, like I kind of wonder what would happen. That's what I loved about. Roanoke, actually. Roanoke ranks pretty high for me, actually, on the list of, like, seasons, mm -hmm. yeah. period. I loved Roanoke. It's a good um, Because it felt like... That, to me, felt quote-unquote, like, the realist um, of the of the seasons, I guess. Like, that and cult, mm -hmm. I feel like we're like the closest to the ground, I would say, like closest to like quote unquote real life. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh so far as like the humanity of the characters and kind of stuff like that. 
So yeah, I mean, I wonder, I would of course love to see Gaga back um, as the OG Supreme, like what's uh, what's yeah, that so story? I wanna know what that is. Um, I love that we're gonna get some new faces. Macaulay Culkin's gonna come, which will be great. Yes. Um, I don't know if Kathy Bates is signed on for this next one. I thought she did. Um, I thought those. Were, I don't know. I hope she does. I swore I heard that, but I could be wrong. Um, you know, I just want to see K- Kathy Bates. Oh does. yes. Uh, so so. Uh. Uh. Sarah Paulson confirms she's coming back. Of course, mm-hmm. Kathy Bates, Leslie Grossman, Billy Lord, Evan P. Evan Peters is back. Adina Porter, Lily Ray, yes. Angelica Ross, Ben Whitrock. Macaulay Culkin is the is the cast so far. Um, filming in LA and Massachusetts. Uh, Spencer Novich mm. is I don't I don't know who that is. Um, and oh, on February fifth, well, this is Wikipedia, but I mean, who knows? But on February, they're, they're generally pretty good now. On February fifth, Murphy announced that Francis Conroy is going to come back too. Yes. Um, yeah, she definitely she's come back. So I'm excited. Oh, and then um, so I was watching a video today in preparation for our conversation on the YouTube machine, and um, you know, there's always like so many fan theories um, and all kinds of like Easter eggs. The people who are making like timelines, like you can find the complete timeline for the entire AHS universe for like a, I think it's like 35 minute video or less. Um, even down to like characters' birthdays, death days, all kinds of crazy shit. Um, but it was a video that was making a connection based off of the different locations um, and how they also um, influence the different seasons. So with them filming in like Boston and that whole kind of like area over there, like Maine and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff, like the sea stuff, they were um, mentioned that, you know, that ties back in like Pepper's background and a lot of different characters might have like had family um, in the New England area that traveled to other places, i.e. like Florida, um, whether it's a direct correlation to other characters or like, oh, they could be related, um, you know, direct, like kind of how we have like the Mots, but then you also could have uh, Vivian who mentioned her family. She had family in Florida. Um, and then it was like another doctor who apparently had, who was in Florida, sorry, who was the doctor who got beat up or whatever, um, in freak show mm-hmm. uh and they mentioned about how he had family up in boston in the in the boston mm-hmm. new england area but they don't really say who is what um so hopefully that comes into play with the new season i don't want to speculate too much because then i feel like <laughs> i'm gonna ruin the allure when it comes out but ultimately i'm i'm very excited absolutely yeah. i can't wait I'm so excited. And I'm so excited for this conversation. I know this has been a long road coming, and we finally wrapped up this monster (laughs) or tamed this monster as much as we could of American Horror Story, but obviously the conversation is not done because it's still fucking going. So... Okay. But before we wrap it on app, Ashley, please tell these lovely people all about yourself again, where they can find you, your socials, where they can well, see thank you, you face. Yeah, all thank you all so, so much um, for this conversation. As I said to y'all sort of before we, before we started, it's just been 
an honor to hold space with all of you and 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 be here and be a part of this conversation. I so appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Trent and Sheree over at Nightmare on Fear Street. Pull up. Um, shout yes. out. We love them. Um, you all can find me. I'm on Twitter uh, at your Y-O-U-R shady S-H-A-D-Y queer Q-U-E-E-R. So that's at your shady queer. Uh, you can find me there. You can also find me on Instagram at the Shady Grantham, G-R-A-N-T-H-A-M, as in Mary. Uh, because, you know, we bring a lot of love. We bring a lot of uh, queer energy. We bring a lot of shade sometimes. But all those things are very healthy, mm-hmm. obviously, right? We do we do shade in a healthy, fun way. Um, yeah, and if you all are in and around the Richmond area, I am... Uh, a teaching artist and educator and facilitator here. I live out in Henrico. Uh, come on, Henrico. Okay, come on. Um, with with the uh, County is horrible, but Henrico County. Um, <laughs> but I live. Me and Sasha Valor, my cat, hold it down over here. Um, up in the eight hundred four, and uh, yeah, you know it's. This is this has been so fun. I so appreciate you, Jazz and, and Kat, so much. Um, we really fam now. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. All right. So you can find us at Girl That's Scary on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can pull up on us at www.girlthatscary.com. You can also shoot us an email at grltspod at gmail.com. We also have exclusive, hey. exclusive, exclusive content on patreon.com. So it's patreon.com backslash girl that's scary. Pull up on us in all of those ways. And you know what? You know, thank you so much for pulling up on our show. Yes. Thank you, uh, Ashley. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for all the kind yeah. tweets, the fun messages, the fun feedback, um, just everything. We're so very appreciative of, honestly, everything. Y'all can't see me, but there's like stars, visible stars coming out of my body. Okay, yes. It's getting weird. Yeah, getting real weird in here, but that's all right. Until <laughs> next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.